All right, welcome to Top Plays Podcast. I am sending Ward the invite now. But like I start every week saying that um, to clue you in, we finished our fantasy football draft tonight. Um, we started around 8.15 Eastern. And then right after that, we went direct, well, I went directly into uh, my third fantasy football draft of the weekend. And because we're insane, we decided to do a podcast right after that draft ended. And so here we are, post two fantasy football drafts. Um, I think I hate every team I have this year in fantasy, basically. Um, <laughs> I know I hate my quarterbacks in the league that Ward and I are in. Uh, I sent him an inv- he, he's He just hopped on the line so they can hear all of this. And uh, I don't know what the hell happened there, but I hate, I hate it. There it is. Um, yeah. Top Police Podcast. Here we are. It is after midnight our time because you're a little less about an hour. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I thought it'd be like 1130 at the latest. Uh, well, actually like 1140 yeah. at the latest. And it ended up be- because people were using the clock because they gave us two minutes per pick. And like I, there's only like right. three times I think I let it get under 30 seconds. Um, but most of the time I was always like drafting within that first, like 45 seconds. Cause I kind of knew who I won already, but yeah, it was, right. it was an adventurous, uh, time. <laughs> yeah. So good Lord. Um, and it's funny because we're, this is the, probably the latest we've ever started a podcast. Cause we definitely didn't start this late last year. And, um, I feel yeah. like this is definitely going to be up there as far as like if you look at the other also this is our one year anniversary as well of this podcast yes it is Woohoo! one year top place i think we did 46 episodes last year which is pretty good because you know we try at least do a one week if not more and that's a that's a pretty good number to hit so i'm, I'm pretty glad about that that is and um i'm pretty sure that if you look at all the episode times, like timestamps of how long each episode is, minus the Furnace Fest one, which was like four hours, I think this will probably be number two. That's my that's my bold prediction. Um, by the time that we're done yeah, with this probably. episode, it's going to be damn long, like two hours, thirty minutes at least. Yeah, yeah, it could definitely be a long one if I st- if I don't fall asleep on you. Um, <laughs> so before we talk about our draft, uh, which honestly for me, I mean. I don't feel like there was a ton on my end to talk about with it. It was fun though, but um, let tell me about the one you just had. So I didn't experience that one. In that one, um, I was the I had the third pick. Uh, so it's it's great because um, my pen died mid draft. <laughs> So I had to switch to like the closest thing to me was a pencil. So I was using a, a pencil for most of my draft picks. So I can't barely read the writing until I pick it up because I don't write in pencil too often. So I had the third overall pick and unless Taylor or McCaffrey fell to me, I knew I was going to take Cooper cup. So uh, it's a Cooper cup. So I have um, my at quarterback. I have um, Lamar Jackson. And uh, I took Kirk Cousins as a backup since Lamar can potentially get injured. 
I want to have a little bit of uh, assurance because he was really the only good quarterback left. Otherwise, I'm probably going with like Jameis Winston if uh, Lamar gets injured. So I felt better with Cousins as a backup. My running backs on that team are um, uh, James Conner, who I have in both leagues, uh, AJ Dillon, Ramondre Stevenson, and Rashad Penny. The running backs went really fast in this league. Uh, so I didn't draft a running back until the it was my second pick was the uh the running back at connor and then i for my third pick uh i took pits so i have pits in both leagues so i'm really hoping pits like shows out this year yeah i just i don't i would love to see kyle pitts do a lot i don't expect him to just because of the team he's um, on that I, I my only hope is he just targets the tight end a lot, and I guess he yeah. had over a thousand. He had the most like ever re, for like a rookie year uh, tight end, and I still think that that's capable because they they've been lining up as a receiver. So I'm hoping that and he just gets lucky with touchdowns because he only had one touchdown last year. Yeah, because he's fast. Yeah, he's and he's just po- like beats cornerbacks, yeah. which is insane. Yeah, for a tight end, he's really quick. Um. To finish out, like the before I jump at the receiver, I did get the Colts defense. Uh, I thought they they play in an easy conference, so I thought I'll take their defense. And then I took Justin Tucker as my kicker, so I feel pretty confident about that. Um, receiver, I have Cup. Uh, then I don't know. My depth is what scares me. Like I feel like I have one good player at every position, and then my second player for every position kind of like eh. Like Hopkins, I have him, but he's suspended for the first six games. So there's that. So then after that, I have a uh, Drake London. Why did you get him? Because he's going to be money. when he comes back. I just hope I have someone that can step up in the meantime for six weeks. So I have uh Drake London from the Falcons again. Uh, and then I took two Steelers. I took uh, George Pickett. Uh, I'm sorry. Is it George Pickens? I should feel like I should know this. Good Lord. You should know it because you're a Steelers fan, yeah. but yes, it's Pickens. I know, but is and it George? He, What's his first name? I'm pretty sure it's George. I may be wrong, but I really think it's George Pickens. And I okay. got to be honest, I forgot about him. He was on my list of maybes. I think he could have a breakout season. Usually the Steelers are pretty good at drafting receivers. And I think if he comes on late or just can outperform, and I, I think mean, there's a potential there that he can outperform Claypool. So, yeah. And he's already making a buzz. So I think he could ever with a good season. And, and speaking of, uh, <laughs> and speaking of, um, uh, Claypool, I drafted him as well for receiver depth because like I said, I need, need a receiver depth at that point. And, um, then I took uh, Gallup, Michael Gallup. Uh, so I mean, I figured he'll come back from injury. They didn't put him on the pup list. So yeah, maybe. I feel better about my backup receivers um, for six weeks versus like my running backs. Like I don't know. And your quarterbacks again are you said Lamar Jackson and who Cook Cousins? Yeah. That's not bad. That's not a bad backup. No, I f- he seemed like the the um, the the most. Um, it is George Pickens, by the way. He seemed like the the mm-hmm. most stable at that position, so that's why I drafted him. Basically, I, I figure that you know he's probably going to be pretty solid. I think that the Vikings are going to have a really great offense this year. 
So that's why I went with him. Uh, and he, like I said, he was the only good quarterback left. Um, every, every, I, right. After that, I would have had like Trevor Lawrence <laughs> or something <laughs> again. We'll talk about that later. And I don't want him uh, as a backup. Well, I don't know. I mean, Jameis Winston, may, he has potential. Yeah. The man can he throw. He, he, I mean, even when he was at Tampa, he had a high number of like positive receptions. He had a high yardage, uh, passing yards. He just also had a high number of interceptions. Basically, he threw too much if he got right down to it because his stats were high in every category. In the categories you want him in and high in the category you don't, which is interception. So that's what it really came down to. He just threw it too much. So he forced it. But he also was accurate and got the ball to receivers a lot too. So, I mean, he has potential, especially if Michael Thomas comes back and it's good. Yeah, he went a lot, a lot later too, uh, Michael Thomas. He was going a lot because later you, in uh, different Because he's a, he hasn't played in so long due to injuries. He's a risk. I think if you're drafting him as late as he's going, it's an okay risk to take because most of the time yeah. he's not going to be one of your starting receivers. He's probably going to be your um, fourth or fifth maybe even. But if he stays healthy, then he can yeah. become a first or second or maybe even first. He is that good if he stays healthy. Absolutely. So, yeah, late or late round – Grab of him's not bad. So, so I don't know. I don't. I don't dislike my team. I just feel like the the RB two and um, I don't hate AJ Dillon, but I feel better if he was yeah. like my RB three. Uh, I still think he's going to get a lot of work this year, especially having a few receivers on the Packers. Um, I just am a little hesitant at him being my RB two, yeah. and then my receiver to once Hopkins comes back, I'm definitely confident because he usually puts up 10 to 14 points a week and that's in regular uh, standard scoring. You just have to hope you get easy games before he comes back. Yeah. That like I get some, some really good work out of Claypool or Gallup starts strong uh, or London. Someone who can just kind of give me a boost there for a few weeks while I kind of wait for uh, the suspension to end. Right. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I I know almost nothing about your running backs other than that, who, the teams they play for. So I took Penny because he's, he's the lead guy right now. And the guy that they drafted, Ken Walker, the third is injured. Um, so I took right. him because of that. And he, he had a really good end of season last year. So I took him hoping that he'll get the work. Basically I just thought, Hey, he's going to get a lot of work. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is the Patriots backup. And, uh, more than likely he's going to be the receiving uh, running back for them this year. And I figured if he can, he was really impressive, I guess, in training camp. And if he can somehow get more work than um, Damian Harris or Damian Harris gets injured, I was kind of like, that would be pretty great for him. And then AJ Dillon uh, is like, man, he's like right there with uh, um, Aaron Jones. So, I mean, Aaron Jones is definitely a little bit better, but he's 
like he still had put up great numbers. He put almost up, I think like 800 or 900 yards last year and had like eight touchdowns or something. So if he does something like that as a backup, if there's any potential that, you know, he like, like Aaron Jones gets injured or something like he's going to have a massive week. One would think so. Gotcha. So about where do you think that team ranks? It's a 12-team league, so it's one of those leagues that has so many players. Uh, there's right. definitely um, not a lot of free agents, and, like, the running backs are, like, squat. That's why I picked up Rashad Penny because I thought, you know, at this point, it would just be nice to have a running back that I, that's going to get work. <laughs> so that's kind of was my uh, my thinking right. on that. And... Um, I, like I said, I don't hate my team. I think it's pretty good. I mean, I do kind of hate my team. I did that more more of like a joke. I just hang on one second. While Tyler is hang on, making hang on, hang on. lots of noise, sorry. This is... great uh, technical difficulties there. Uh, my phone fell. Um, I had it positioned somewhere, and of course, I'm using my um, tethered. Uh, headphones and yeah they tethered it just came out of the uh the dongle so gotcha tethered is better for the microphone it uh, is but that's why i have mine plugged into my ipad so then i can pick up and use my phone for stuff my ipad just sits here yeah. but anyways and full and full disclosure like i'm moving a bunch of stuff as well uh just like basically clearing my like where i was sitting in my recliner for like the drafts and everything i'm moving like my computer and um, keyboard and whatnot. So that's kind of what I'm doing as well as I'm like going through everything just to, cause you know, it is midnight and I'm not tired at all, which is great. Yeah. So success. But well, yeah, it sounds like you had, it was a snake draft, right? It was yeah. 12 teams, uh, snake style drafts, which like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not big on snake style drafts. I'd rather, at least, at least if I hate my team in the in the uh, the BC league, I I put it together. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like I had a chance to get anyone I right. wanted. I can't say, hey, well, I had the eighth pick. You know, that's why my team sucks or something. Yeah, yeah. The BC league was interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about your team? So I don't like be like, hey, here's this team. Um, what do you think of the experience overall of like just us doing the draft? Um, I mean, it was fun. We had, we had what six for most of the time. And then five, one person, I forget who had to drop off in five. It was just five of us on the zoom. So obviously we had more than that of teams. Just not everybody was able to jump on. Um, but it, it's fun. It was fun to do and like chit chat while we were doing it. I enjoyed that aspect of it. It was a bit of, it got a little chaotic there, like the second half, because I don't know if they were glitches or just what, but it started like changing the like time frame for picking things. So that kind of, that kind of made things a little crazy. But I thought it was weird because like, not weird, but it was like the, the most interesting thing was 
I realized I overplayed my hand on Adam Lazard for $9 at that point. And I think I might have had, he might have been my seventh player that I had drafted. So I was like, uh oh. <laughs> um, who? Okay, I don't, I don't know who he is. He's Straight the Packers. Up. He's the Packers lead receiver now. So that's why I picked him. That's up. right. I know yeah. his name is familiar. He has the potential to do really, really well considering his throwing to him. Now, if he becomes like Devontae Adams or even just like almost Devontae Adams, that's a really solid pick for $9. Right. So, so for my team, I, I have the bald Eagles because listeners that can't see me. But I'm bald now. I have been bald for two weeks. And so I'm the bald eagles. My logo is the top of my bald head with an eagle on top of it. You actually got that tattooed recently on your head just for fantasy football. First tattoo ever. Yes, it's true. So anyways, for I wanted to go in this draft a little slower. And I felt like I did that all right, uh, but like a little slower than last year. Cause last year being my first time ever doing an auction style, I was, I spent money way too fast. And this time it was a little better. Also some of the big names last year went a lot higher. Now I think overall we had more high, like, high-dollar players in this draft. And that that may have been partially just because if we only had 10 teams, whereas we had 12 last year. But overall, when I say high-dollar in this draft, a few went as high as 50. Most of them were in the – most of the high ones were in the 40s, whereas yeah. last year there were some in, like, the 60s. There was – to my knowledge, and I could be incorrect, but I – the ones I remember seeing for sure were like, I think McCaffrey went for 60 this year. And I think Taylor went for like 62 at max. Like, I don't think he went higher than that, which I was surprised. I thought they would actually go closer to 70 for, for, for one of those players, if not both. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, some of that may be because we had repeat people that last year was their first. That may be part of it. Uh, but anyways, so mine I'm pretty happy with my with the majority of my starters. And then my bench is terrible, but that's also when it started getting kind of crazy. Uh, well, my bench is almost terrible. Uh, so for quarterback, I got Lamar again. I, I was like, you know what? He came up. Let's see what happens. And I think I spent 30-something on him, which is not that bad. It's not. I definitely spent more for him last year. And as long as he doesn't get hurt, great. If he does get hurt, my backup is Tom Brady, who I only spent $1 on. Yeah. $1. And you know what? He is – so Lamar Jackson is projected 27.28 points. Tom Brady – 27.16 points. Now, I really kind of wanted – just because I'm a fan of him and I think he's going to have a good year, especially because of who he's going to be. He's now throwing to his, his literally best friend. I really wanted Doug Carr. 
but he just went to by the time he came up, I Derek Carr. Oh, Derek sorry. Carr. I always want to call him Doug Carr. But I always call him Emo Carr. Yes. Which fits. He looks like he's wearing eyeliner. Um but yeah. anyways. By the, That's the only reason I call him that, by the way. <laughs> by the time he got nominated, I just didn't have enough. He went high enough. I didn't have enough money for him. Kyler Murray went for $2. Do you know how mad I am about that? Because I was like, I'll take Kyler Murray. And then like I had, I spent two bucks on, uh, who was it? It was a receiver. Um, maybe Gallup or Kirk. I don't remember. And I was so bummed that I didn't get a chance to get him. Dude, I got Tom Brady for one dollar yeah i'm not even necessarily like a tom brady i respect tom brady's play i mean you can't be a football fan and not at least respect him but i'm not exactly not what i would call a tom brady fan i never have been um he's played i mean when he played for new england i couldn't stand new england uh so but one dollar and he's one. Uh, he's still one of the top like five quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he's the goat for a reason, even though he's not maybe the top guy anymore. And I, so I think I'll still do really well with him. So that's kind of cool. If Lamar was to get hurt, which I don't want to happen, to the level of Lamar Jackson, uh, he probably is my favorite NFL player. And I said that last year, and that hasn't changed. Um, I don't want – but if he does get hurt, I'm set at quarterback. Uh, from there, I think the first pickup I even got, actually, was Stefan Dix, which I had said I wanted him. He's only, he did. He's only projected to have, like – his projection is supposed to average, like, 11 points. He can do better than that, especially at Buffalo. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I'm happy to have him. Uh, I then I think this was my next, which I do regret it. I don't know why I did this. His first game right now is projected to be in the rain, though. I mean, it's it's a week away. Who knows? But right now it's projected to be in the rain, so he's probably going to get hurt slipping. Yeah, but for some reason, I took Evans. I took Saquon. Oh yeah, you after did all after all these weeks of that, and I spent like thirty bucks on him, which is you not forty two. Was it forty two? Yeah, it's still not a bad price. I think for someone that could potentially have a great. The reason why, and I don't know if I ever get to mention this, the reason why I think he can be such a great pick is um, the coordinator of the Bills is now the coach of the Giants, and I feel like that he's an offensive weapon and I feel like he'll use him very, very well. So I like it actually. Here's my, here's my concern. I think, I think he is very much an injury risk. I think he is now at this point prone to injury. This is the reason, main reason I didn't want him. Second, Daniel Jones is so close to the edge this year. Yeah, I get it. On a not very good team that I don't think he's going to – I think I think maybe he just cracks under the pressure or it could just be there's too much pressure on him without an offense, a good enough offensive line to protect Daniel Jones. That either way, it, 
Um, you got a possible injury from Saquon, which I think may cause him to play timid. And I don't know if the offense with Daniel Jones at quarterback will be able to use Saquon enough because that I just don't know. I would just gonna ha- I just got to see. I would love for it to go great. There's definitely great potential for it to be a wonderful pick. But uh I mean it's just forty two dollars for someone that I, I have said this whole leading up to our draft. He's on my no list. He's on my no list, except for like maybe second or third running back. And he's my only really good running back. So my other running back is Cam Akers. He's not going to do much. I think he may do all right, but I think unless – it, Is it Henderson? Who is it he's sharing time with in L.A.? Um, yeah, Henderson. Daryl Henderson. Yeah, Henderson. Okay, I was right. So, honestly, unless Henderson just has, like, really bad, I just think they're going to – I think they're going to share so much that it won't be a big numbers game. So anyways, but I also picked up Debo Samuel, which I may, if they use him like they used him last year, I'm just going to put him in the flex. Um, he is uh, questionable right now, though I'm seeing as I'm looking at it because of his knee. Who's the, uh, who is that? Acres? No, Debo. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just like a precautionary type thing and not actual like injury or anything. Right now he's questionable for their first game, which is against Chicago, which means he should ball out. But if they end up using, I mean, even if he ends up just being used as receiver, he'll be good for me. But if they use him as a receiver and a running back again, uh, like they've done in the past, definitely put him in the flat. Um, But so, uh, and then... (laughs) And then where I really hurt is tight. I don't have good, really much in tight ends. I got commit. Not on purpose. That's when it started messing up. So our draft started messing up. And it started doing this thing where I say messing up. Maybe it's scheduled, supposed to do this. But it's supposed to add 10 seconds every time someone bids. And so I got to a point like I I didn't like every tight end I went for that I kind of that I tried for ended up becoming too expensive. So I'm like, crap, I got it. You know, I got to do something. It was the same reason I ended up picking up Cam Akers because I'm like, he might have a good year. And right now all I have is Saquon. So I just grabbed Cam Akers um, before it got too expensive. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I should have waited on Fournette or something. But Fournette went pretty expensive for him. Uh, yeah, I think so anyway, like in the 30s, if memory serves. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I don't know if that's a good one. But I was just like, I need a tight end. So I got for I got Komet because he came up. He plays for Chicago. So he's probably – who knows if he'll even get, get, a, get the ball because who knows if Jason Fields – if Justin Fields will be able to get a pass off to him with their offensive line. Justin Fields has amazing potential to be a stellar quarterback in the NFL. But their offensive line is horrible. 
And so I don't know if he will have the opportunity to perform well. I think he will do everything he can and should be able to, but I don't know if the, I don't know if that team will, will has the offensive line to let him. So because of that, I don't, I'm not happy with Kvet, but I just had to get a freaking tight end. Um, then my other tight end is Fryermuth, who's actually um, projected to do better than Kvet by like two tenths. <laughs> it's bad. So my tight ends are garbage, and those are the only two tight ends I have because what hap- started happening was first. It wasn't giving the ten seconds, so it it was, but it, it there's a couple times where it didn't, and I think what happened to that is towards the end, no one had once it gets to a certain amount and no one has that amount of money, it just ends the pick. Maybe because that's it. if no one, it's not going to let the whole time go if literally no one can make that bid over like say four bucks because no one has five dollars that's that they can right. to spend on a player. So I, yeah, right, right. The last few, the last few picks I had, the max amount I could pay was four dollars. That was it. I could not pay more than four dollars. And so because of that, um, it was hard to get stuff. So yeah, I couldn't bid. But there was also times like I thought I got Aaron Rodgers. The draft went green on me, say, showing <laughs> that I won Aaron Rodgers. But someone else must have like hit it at the same time. They, yeah, and, and it didn't and reset the the clock because it, it happened. That's in- right, and that's where I'm saying it didn't reset the ten seconds. So it, see, I don't know what happened with Cook because I I bid for Dalvin Cook and I thought that I was getting Cook, and I right. noticed with like three seconds left, it didn't. I don't think it said place your bid, and I just watched it expire. And so I thought maybe I had it, maybe maybe it reset on me, and I didn't notice. I just thought maybe I was. I already picked no, the amount, it, but yeah, it, I didn't get double cook because I, I thought I did. I looked at my my balance, and I had 160 bucks. And I was like, "What? Right. How do I have that much money getting two players?" And it happened. It happened to someone else in our draft as well. Like they thought they had someone. It went green, showed them that they won it, but I guess someone else hit like right at the same time, and it went to that person. So, I, and again, it didn't reset for the 10 seconds. Um. So I was like, oh, I got Aaron Rodgers. I don't even care about Aaron Rodgers. But again, like with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers for $4. I was like, heck, yes, that's a great backup. And then I didn't get him because someone else must have hit it at the same time. And it went to them. So that was kind of weird. And then after that, it went into where – so it went into where hardly any of us had any money left. And so it's like basically you had to nominate someone you were okay with having. The problem, the yeah. so the, the problem <laughs> I ran into was I kept running out of time trying to look, like trying to like go through and see. Okay, who's someone I would want if no one else bids, and and then it would just grab someone for me, and then it, it then it put me on auto draft, which I didn't choose that. Yeah, if you let more than one pick go, because I, I had it happen to me once, actually twice technically, but it was like not back to back. If it happens two times in a row, it puts you on auto draft. So which and and it wasn't that I was letting them go. It was that I wasn't finding someone in time. And so be, yeah. because of that, I ended up with 
uh, Gage out of Tampa Bay as a wide receiver. I have Russell Gage. Yeah. yeah. I did not want him on my team. I ended up with Gordon out of Denver as a running back, which actually he's projected to do, um, to do okay. So, I mean, that may not be that bad, but I wasn't going for him. I wasn't going for Lockett. I didn't want any Seattle Seahawks at all. And I got, I got, and I got Lockett because this was when I learned, this was when we all realized, oh, you better just like project who you want. I nominated Lockett just randomly and no one bid on him. And you got him for a dollar. <laughs> so I got him for a dollar, but I don't want him. I'm not expecting him to have a good season. I'm not expecting Hillard to do to do much of anything either. Didn't want him. That was one of those where you just you hit and it gave him. No, that was an auto draft. And then P. Ryan, I got him as a running back. Didn't really want him either. So he's on the bench. Never going to move. <laughs> I t- Hunter Renfro. As a receiver, I also have too many receivers. Um, it started out really good, and then it really quickly just became this, like, lightning round. The whole second half of the draft was, like, lightning round, and it went so fast. I'm okay with my kicker, McPherson. Um, I think he'll be all right. I got Green Bay's defense and special teams. They're not – going to be stellar but i don't think they're going to be bad um i do think the Bengals will probably be in opportunities to kick a lot so there's that um so yeah i don't know my starters are i have i have the possibility especially if saquon stays healthy i have the possibility of having pretty good starters except for my tight ends um their crap. And then I um and then other than Tom Brady, my bench sucks. Like Tom Brady for a dollar, awesome. And that was one of those where I nominated him and the system just immediately gave him to me. Like no one else even had a chance to Yeah, because they had like two bucks to bid over you, so yeah, right. it was basically everyone was literally just drafting at that point. It was like a snake style draft, right? <laughs> or not but the hard, but, but right, but the hard part was you had such short amount of time to nominate someone. That's how, like, I ended up on auto draft, not realizing it because I was trying to nominate people and I ran out of time. Uh, and I like, I didn't, I didn't even mean to pick Tom Brady, honestly. And I, and some of these were just complete accident because it literally was as soon as they were nominated, that's who it got. And like you said, some of those, I ran out of time. I was trying to look for someone and I ran out of time. So they just nominate. So the system just nominated someone for me. And then he was on my team. Yeah. That's how I got Hillard. That's how I got Gordon. That's how I got Gage. P Ryan, I chose because I, I know who he is. And that's a good team. I don't expect him to do much, but I was just like, okay, I recognize him. I like the Bengals, and I need another running back. 
because right now my only good running back is Saquon. So, I mean, and it was, I was just – it was shooting fish in a barrel at that point of of what – of of minnows. <laughs> I mean, there's some definitely some people, you know, potential people you could get um, or, or take a flyer on, uh, what have you. Right. Um, there's not – I mean, there's definitely not anyone great that's on the bench. I mean, maybe, maybe Gainwell or something, but I would imagine he doesn't start for them. He'd be more of like yeah, a backup. But there's really build. no one that's like, oh man, this guy's really great. I mean, you're just gonna be taking flyers. Like the the, I I mean, I feel you on the roster, right? Um, not I'm, only the aspect from the quarterback. So what happened with me is I was trying to cut it too close. Like the one. Um, three times I let it get away from me. The one time was fine because it was just, it was my, I think the third nomination, but it, everyone had so much money at that point. It didn't matter. Uh, and they nominates it for a dollar. So it's not like it was going crazy. So I'm only upset at my quarterbacks because uh, I shouldn't have spent the extra money on cooks. I, I think it was cooks at the time. I, sp- I bid $3. If I would have saved that money for Kyler Murray, I'd have Kyler Murray and I wouldn't have cooks, but I would be okay with that. <laughs> because I would still have Kirk and I'd have Hopkins coming back and that's, that's okay. But I would have had Kyler Murray more than likely as my quarterback and I would feel okay with my team. Um, So I have Trevor Lawrence who was auto drafted for me, who I am not excited about really. And um, he could, I mean, there, there is potential for him, even though that team probably won't do great because they're completely rebuilding. He, he is, he has a good coach who's a quarterback coach. I'm hoping I'm crossing fingers right now. (laughs) And so he has the potential to put up numbers. Kind of like in the way like Matt Stafford put up numbers when he was in Detroit. Yeah. Even though the team wasn't necessarily good. So there is that. And I mean, the the one good thing is they're probably going to play from behind most of the time. And he's going to be throwing it. So that's good. Uh, And my other quarterback, the only good thing I like about this quarterback, giving it some more thought, is he has a ton of weapons around him. And that is Tua Tugavailoa is my quarterback backup. Yeah, that's not going to go well. I I laughed at you. I laughed loudly. I didn't pick him, by the way. This was an auto draft. Right. Um, I'm just hoping that he has so many weapons around him that he actually does something this year. Right. And that was one of those – it it nominated him and so immediately you had him because no one else could bid. And here's the thing. I do like his coach a lot because his coach is uh, Mike McDaniels, who was the 49ers coach on offense. And they had Garoppolo, who's not a great quarterback, but he was a serviceable quarterback. Now, if he turns Tua into a serviceable quarterback, I'm okay with it. Like if he can get me like 20, low 20 points a game, I'm okay with it. I'll be like, okay. Sure. Garoppolo is a much better quarterback yes, than Tua. Agreed. But I'm just hoping, you know, he's maybe worked with in the offseason. He does have a deep threat in Tyreek Hill now, which, you know, honestly. But Devontae Parker Tua was throw you know, the ball deep. I know. That's that's what we're going to see. We're going to find he hasn't. out this year. Uh, I'm hoping that they have enough on the line to keep him protected. Uh, he has Tyreek Hill, who is a deep threat. Jalen Waddle is a very serviceable receiver who does – he's a great receiver, you know, and can catch a lot a lot of passes. Um, I would have gone for Waddle if it had worked out. When he came up, it wouldn't work out for me. Yeah. I would have liked to have gotten him. 
as a wide receiver over Renfro, who I just made a starter um, so that I could move Samuel to flex. But what if Samuel doesn't play? He's questionable. Then what am I going to do? I'm going to have to put um, either one of my running backs or someone like Lockett in at flex or I don't know, man. Uh, let me take a look here. I'm looking at your team right now, so let me just take a peek. Um, well, okay. If he plays, I probably put – I mean, this this mm-hmm. is just me. Obviously, we don't have a schedule anything built yet. I'm going to work right. with this tomorrow in divisions because we have uneven right now. But um, we have – you have Jackson, of course, would be a starter. Diggs. I would, I would move – Samuel's uh, or Debo Samuel rather to the other receiver slot. I would have Barkley. I would have Acres. Um, I would go um, definitely Cole Komet on the tight end because um, he was targeted over Fryer. Was targeted a lot last year, and I would go for that. Yeah. And then my flex. Yeah. Obviously, barring any injuries or anything, I would probably put Melvin Gordon in because they're playing Seattle and they're gonna they're gonna beat the snot out of Seattle. They're not a good team. And they're going to probably run off the clock a lot. And so Melvin Gordon probably gets a lot of work, is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, Friermuth at Pittsburgh is projected to have two-tenths points more than Komet. But I'm with you. Um, I think I think I would go – I think I would go with Komet as well. So – yeah, I mean it's it's not bad. I mean you're just you're lacking. You're definitely lacking on the backup running backs. Yes, like you do have Barkley. As long as he stays healthy, I think Barkley is a great pick. Uh, Acres, I think, is a solid pick if he is uh, looks better this year. Which I mean, he's on a good team, so yeah, yeah. Um, he's up against Buffalo that first game, though. That may be tough. Yeah, that I mean it's going to be a tough. It's but it could be a high scoring game. I think that's what you would want. Um, more than anything, but uh, right. I mean, it, it's not a bad team. It's just you don't have a whole lot of depth. If I'm being honest, just looking at it, that's where. No, I don't. Kind of, like, <laughs> um, yep. My team isn't bad. Actually, the more I look at the team outside of the quarterback position, I feel great about it. I just don't feel great about my quarterbacks. So, um, to kind of like counteract, I have my first pick was uh, I. I had to get. Um, I was my goal going into tonight was getting one of the four players I probably have talked about a lot in the leading up to it is um, McCaffrey or uh, Taylor, who both went for um, like I said, sixty and sixty-two, I think, uh, roughly, and then uh, Cup, who went in the fifties, he went I think for fifty-eight dollars. Um, I am getting Justin Jefferson, who I think will finish. I think Cup will have less stats needed last year like he'll still have a really good year but i think him him and uh justin jefferson will be about like 14 ish 100 yards 10 to 14 touchdowns i think they're both kind of kind of finish around the same amount um so i wanted justin jefferson then and then i picked up at running back i'm i'm actually very very solid in my opinion on running back um i have uh aaron jones alvin kamara james connor 
And then just as like a flyer on my bench, literally the only running back on my bench is uh, Devin Singletary. So I'm hoping for big things from him. But if not, I can make it work with those other three guys, just hoping for no injuries. Right. I mean, you have Kamara. Yeah. Kamara was a top five tight end. I mean, a top five running back last year. And that's why I was like hoping that people would be kind of afraid of the suspension, which probably won't happen this year at all. More likely, if it was going to happen, it would be next year. So I'm glad that no one bit. I got him really, really cheap. I think I paid the 30s for him or something, like 35 or maybe maybe 40. It was very cheap for him. Right. Yeah, that's not bad. And I do think that's why. That's why I didn't go for him because I'm like, isn't he in trouble? No, it's it's more than likely not going to happen until after the season, and it would affect 2023. So that's why I was like definitely all in on him because gotcha. he's a top, you know, potentially top say at least six or seven running back um at a, at a pretty solid price right um aaron jones i feel like he's gonna have a monster year like i love aaron jones this year especially you know like lack of receiving targets so i really like aaron jones james connor i think is gonna be a touchdown beast this year again so i really like james connor um and i'm hoping for devin singletary to like pan out that's kind of like my i i just kind of went for it a uh, little bit of a reach, but I'm, you know, I got him really cheap. I ain't paid like maybe a couple bucks for him, but I'm just hoping he does well. Yes, and then receiver, I, like I said, I'm Justin Jefferson. Um, I think Alan Lazard is in for a big year. I, I didn't overpay for him, but at the time, considering my money, I probably should have passed on him. Um, so I have Alan Lazard. Uh, I picked up DeAndre Hopkins. I apparently have him in both leagues. I didn't realize uh, I got him for a dollar. <laughs> Again, he's gone six weeks, but when he comes back, yes. And then uh, I, I got reliable Brandon Cooks, who just has a thousand yards every year. Uh, Christian Kirk, who I think is actually in for a big year. Um, I'm really hoping. Hey, I could always stack my receiver and uh, uh, quarterback if Trevor Lawrence pans out. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was my flyer because I thought, you know, I love Buffalo's offense. I'm going to take him. And uh, he's basically playing the um, Cole Beasley role this year with Buffalo. So that's why I took him. And then I picked Michael Gallup up because I still think he's like the second receiver in Dallas. Even if he misses like a week or two, I'm not starting him the first week anyway. So totally fine if he takes a couple weeks to get healed. So I actually really like my team. And then I picked up Baltimore's defense just because they're always good. Uh, And I picked up Brandon McManus as my kicker from Denver. I figure, you know, gonna be a better offense this year you're in the air denver so maybe he'll kick some like longer field goals um just outside of quarterback i actually really like this team to be honest it's just the quarterback scares the bejesus out of me right no i'm with you um i'm looking at like possible tight ends right now because that's where that's where i'm the weakest is tight ends um I actually like Cole Komet a lot. He was on my list um, because, like, I was looking – if I didn't get one of the top three tight ends uh, in my book um, were – and I probably would have flipped them, but it would have been, like, Kelsey obviously won, but I knew he was going to go too high for me. So Kelsey's usually always out. Yeah, I really – I mean, he, he may be my second favorite player in the NFL. I really wanted him, but he went too high. Um, outside of that, I, I liked Kyle Pitts a little bit better than Anderson – or I'm sorry, Andrews, Mark Andrews. 
Um, yes. Just me personally, but because I think Pitts has the receipt. I last year he just didn't get, catch any touchdown passes, but he had a thousand yards. So I think he's going to get the yards. I just don't know about. I mean, I, mean, I know he's going to get more touchdowns Ooh. than one this year. So I just feel good about him at number two. And Andrews, I feel like is more say more touchdown dependent than anything. But I think he's going to be the, the, the third tight end um, in fantasy this year. Andrews. Andrews last season because I had him. He like mm-hmm. stats wise, he may. I think I don't remember if he actually led the league NFL in yardage for a tight end or if he was just really really high. He had an over a thousand hundred thousand. He had over a thousand yards in the season. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the that. thing. Wow. He had really good, but when it came to fantasy. He did not do many. There were several games he didn't break double digits for me in points. Yeah, it's tough for a tight end to do that, though. Right. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you can get double digits, you're actually really lucky when it comes to tight end. Yeah, like um, he, but like I would look at games and he just, he did not produce much for me when it came for fantasy. Maybe in a PPR league, I'm not sure. But yeah, he just didn't do a whole lot last year for fantasy and so i was like i was really leery of of him and that's why i didn't really try for him um but like i'm looking at tight ends now the next one up is i always pronounce is, is it no q or is it Nijoku, uh, Nijoku right. from yeah from yeah. cleveland and I would probably stay away from him just because of like Brissett exactly as the quarterback i mean i'll be honest i looked at the tight ends available um there's not much of anything. I would definitely uh, – I like Komet this year a lot. Like, I – he is another guy – he didn't score a touchdown last year, but he had, like, the highest targeted percentage in the end zone of t- all tight ends last year. He's going to get a touchdown this year. He's going to get multiple touchdowns. And if he does, look at the Bears' right. offense. They only have really Mooney and him. So I like Komet. He is one of my late round. Like, if, if I didn't get one of the top tight ends, he was one towards the end of the round. Like, I have my own Zach Ertz. Because uh, he was going later, uh, not in our draft, but just in general, and commit. Those were guys I knew I could get late, um, right? And be okay with having them as my starting tight end, even though they weren't going to put like monster numbers or anything. Um, I, th- I mean, really, the only fl- right. I, honestly, and I don't know if I'd do it. Uh, I definitely, like I said, would start commit of of the two, but when it comes down to um, tight ends. I like Frymouth. I had him last year. I, I, you know, I know with them having more likely Trubisky as the starter, I think he's going to tar- probably target tight ends. But if you wanted to like, say, get someone else, uh, rather you want to drop him or pick up another tight end, I guess Gerald Everett, because he's in the Chargers offense. And that might be a pretty good pickup. Um, that, right. I mean, that's. Yeah. No, 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 no. G- Gerald. I, oh, no, it's just a mess up. They have him pictured in a Seattle Seahawks jersey. Yeah, he's not. But yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, with the, signed with the, char- uh, the right. Chargers in the offseason. They just haven't updated it. He's with the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Looking at what's available, there's not much. There's not, at least right now, there's not really anyone to go after. So I should stay put. And I am. I'm keeping mm-hmm. commit. But I'm. I mean, like. I'm I'm not very happy with my receivers either. Like Renfro might do all right. I don't know. Um, I don't expect Lockett to do well because I think 
I think uh, Seattle Seahawks are going to implode. Um, Gordon may be a good third string running back. I don't think I'll play Gage really at all. That was, again, one I didn't actually pick. I'm not going to really do anything with Hilliard or Pete Ryan. Yeah. I don't have any like running back death, but if you ever want to talk like one of your, well, I'm assuming you're probably would, if you'd ever be open to trading Tom Brady or something, I do have a lot of receiver depth and I can always flip you one of my other quarterbacks as a right. potential trade because I'm kind of leery about my quarterbacks and I have a lot of receiver depth, which I can, I, I can cut deal on, I but think, yeah, your quarterbacks are in trouble. Yeah. That's anything. I, and that's it. And it's, it's weird because I've never in this league in the two years, right, this is the third year. So this is uh, in the two years we've done it previously. Have, there's never been like really a quarterback shortage, but I feel like everyone has two quarterbacks this year and I wouldn't have taken two quarterbacks. I wouldn't have taken Tua at all. I would have taken like another player and just kind of rolled with Lawrence. But since I have Tua, I don't really want to drop him. I kind of want to see how he does with all the weapons. Cause if he ends up being okay, I'm all right. Like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but it's just weird because there's, this is like the first time this league has ever had no bench quarterbacks. Like, I mean, no free agent quarterbacks, like the, right. the med express league. I right. always take two in it because it's the same way. Like I've had, there's one team that took three quarterbacks one time. I don't know why you can only play one, but um, there's really not a lot. Like, I, I, like if you look at the quarterbacks, I mean, the only one I'd be kind of okay with is like Winston because everyone else below him, like kind of sucks. <laughs> right. So Winston has potential. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I don't like his potential and I like to a situation a little bit better just because he has so many weapons, and I hope something pans out there. And he's got Waddle. And Hill's good if he can hit him. I mean, that's the only thing. That's kind of like where I'm like, all right, well, we'll see how this goes. Right. The concern is Hill is a deep threat. And, again, so far, uh, Tua has not shown to be a deep threat quarterback. That's why Waddle is is so good. Because Waddle doesn't yeah. just Waddle can is so much more than just a deep threat guy. Well, the only thing is they didn't have a deep threat previously. Let's be honest. Devontae uh, Parker, you know, was always injured, so they didn't really have a deep threat. And Waddle, I think Waddle and Hill complement each other nice because they're playmakers. They both kind of remind me of each other in a sense. Like obviously, Waddle is not near the level of Tyreek Hill. But he kind of reminds me like he can create a lot of space when he gets the ball. He's a playmaker at that point. And I like that aspect of him. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe one of them like works out for me. But I'm not I'm definitely not dropping either quarterback right now, at least through right. the first week till I see how it's gonna go. Right. Because like maybe to, maybe you're right, Nate. I think I like I said, I already told you in a previous episode, maybe even in the chat, I think that Jacksonville will be better this year. And um like I'm, I'm not saying they'll be great or anything, but I think they'll be better, and I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to look. So right, yeah, I I don't like Trevor Lawrence, and you got him for like what a dollar. Yeah. That's not bad at all. He has potential to put up fantasy numbers, even though they'll probably have a losing season. They might not have, but yeah. they'll probably have a losing season this season. But they're rebuilding. And I think I think he for fantasy I think he could do really well. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad, but he should be your second choice. 
And oh yeah, he would be more of like a if I wanted to take a second quarterback, he'd be my flyer. Now, like I said, if I just would have had the money, I would have. I definitely would have went for Kyler. Like, cause like I said, I, I I'm not big on Kyler because like I think he fades towards the second half. Right. But hey, it's a weekly game. You never know how it's going to look. You just play it week by week, and and he may have matured. Yeah. If he's matured, he won't fade. And, and plus, um, like, it, it depends a lot on the play calling, too. So, like I said, I'm just right now hoping that one of them pans out and I'll be okay. Because I actually do like the team outside of that. Like, I drafted McManus because I would just, like, didn't want the clock to run on me. So, it's like, all right, he works for Denver. They're going to score a lot this year. They have good atmosphere and everything at their <laughs> at their stadium. So, like, I'll take him. And Baltimore's defense is usually always good. I don't I, – like I said, I don't – I don't – really stay with the defense the same every week. I usually kind of mix it up, but I figure right. I'm the same. I look at their first two games that they're playing the jets in Miami. That that's probably a start both weeks. (laughs) So. Right. Yeah. I got green Bay against Minnesota. I like green Bay's defense this year. That's, that was my sneaky late pick. But then by the time I was looking at all the defenses, when I was going for one, there was none. There was like they were like the best one. Baltimore's was so that's why I I was looking for Green Bay. Beauty right taking them at that point because I think the reason why is because the two defenses yep. I had my eye on because I thought they both have um, bad divisions except for like Green Bay does have Minnesota who I think is going to be good this year. I actually I actually think they might win the division, but uh, outside of that they have the Bears and the Lions and I was like okay you know. <laughs> That's that's pretty good, and then I was looking at the Colts because I think the the Titans aren't going to be as good as they were, losing AJ Brown, the deep threat, and you know Jacksonville. Of course, I think Jacksonville will be better, but you know they're still Jacksonville. And then uh, the other team in that division is the Texans. So I thought uh, the Colts' defense was another one I was looking at for you know a potential like ad or something. Yep. No, I mean. I mean, mine, if Saquon, which I still can't believe I grabbed Saquon, um, but <laughs> it is just, it's just funny because of like, he was you, like for weeks I've been talking about him and McCaffrey in particular about like injuries and injury concerns. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, we're going to draft him anyway. <laughs> he was, he was on my do not draft list and then I got him. <laughs> um, but I'm, if, if he stays healthy, I'm completely okay with that. Plus he's a good, he, he catches the ball normally pretty well. So if, if, if Barkley stays healthy, my running backs are okay. They're not great because my second string isn't great, but acres I think will do well. I don't have a good third string running back, but, but if Saquon stays healthy, I'm good there. I don't, my third receiver is where I'm weak when it comes to receivers, unless I'm wrong about Lockett and he has a much better season than I expect. But, I mean, I have Diggs. I have Samuel. So I think I'm okay. Yeah, you're, those two are pretty set. I don't – Right. I think – I like – I like I said, I, I know I've already mentioned I'm not big on Seattle's defense offense this year, rather. Uh, I'm rooting for Gino. Definitely rooting for Gino. And actually, honestly, oh, yeah, like their team I'm, I would probably actually put on – some evenings, because like, it'll be most of the time like the later game, like the four o'clock game. I'll probably put them on just to see how Gino does, because I do root for Gino W. Um, of course, I like Gino. I just don't think that team's going to be exactly. good. Yeah, I, I don't, don't either. Think they're not a good offense, and I think they're going right. to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, right, and that's why I didn't want Lockett. 
see i the only reason i like metcalf better is because i think he can be more of a deep threat but I, I just think that lockett is good but i think he's more of like a, he needs a quarterback that's really accurate and can throw deep bombs versus but he's still not that i think for a dollar i would have taken lock myself but you know i, I don't think he's a bad right. player by any means at all um right i just no i don't think he's two, a dk is yeah. better and i just don't like the offense is my only right. criticism of that yeah it's not, the re, i don't like having Lockett. that's why he's on the bench but it's not because it's him it's because of the team he is on but the way our draft went that's just what happened all of a sudden it was just like boom 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 um that's how i so that's the way the cookie crumbles i mean maybe i'll get lucky with renfro yeah. And plus, I mean, you, there are, I will say of, of all the positions, there are a lot of good receivers still available. Like if you look at the free agents right now, like there's, I'm looking down, like okay. there's not bad free agents when it comes to receiver. Like they're, there's, they're not stellar, but there may be some flyers you could look through and say, okay, maybe I'll take a flyer on this guy. Like, I know you're not strong on running back, but maybe you could like let one of your backup running backs go. You don't plan on playing. Nope. Um, and then just, I could totally let some running back. Yeah, and go. just go for like maybe like a, a a potential receiver, and maybe it's like maybe it's like a, a rookie or something that because a lot of the times like towards the latter half of the season, rookie running backs and receivers really make an impact, and so that's kind of like what you could do because really, like I said, as long as you can kind of manage it week to week, it's going to change. Injuries going to happen, um, even just within our league. Maybe a trade happens or something like that. Just in general, and it's going to shake things up. Um, I was looking though one team. And did you happen to see, and I feel like that this team is just going to destroy in fantasy this year, and I'm really scared of this team. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for them right now to find the name because I don't remember. Breezy does it. Did you look at their team? It's Jonathan's team I, or John's I, team. Yeah, I don't I don't remember, but I know in the moment it lo- I noticed it seemed like they were getting some good. Now, points. their bench isn't very good. Like, his bench is not great. Right. That's like me. My bench isn't very good. But if you look and his flex, like, I wouldn't want to start Tony Pollard as my flex player. I'd rather more have like rather have him on my bench's depth, to be honest. Like, like he's going to get the ball, but he's not going to be like, oh, I can count on him for X number of points every week because he's not the starter. But if you look at his team, he has Herbert, he has Higgins, he has Juju, he has Jonathan Taylor, and McCaffrey. Jesus Christ. And then he has Schultz, yep. who I think yep. is going to be a big yep. player. Yep. No, he got a really good team. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that those and, are all heavy hitters. He just doesn't have a good flex. And I, I, me personally, and I say this right now, I would be very hesitant to trade with this person because even though he doesn't have much depth on the bench and I can maybe get Trey Lance from him or something for, like, some receiver depth, I don't want him to have a good flex player because he has already enough – he has so many good like players that I that gives me an advantage. Weapons. At least maybe his flexism is good, and I have a good quarterback week or something. <laughs> Oof, I'm right. scared of that team. Yeah, I'm not like, lie. yeah, no, I'm scared of that team too. And honestly, if I was him, I would probably, I would probably have um, Pollard as my number two running back because, and we were even talking about it in the draft. And um, so, like Curtis, who was on our draft. He is a mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys fan, and he yeah, I saw the jersey on you on today, right? And he agreed that yes, it's still Ezekiel, but he even said Pollard is now the better of the two running backs. Yeah, but the reason the reason I like Zeke this year is because he's going to get the work. That's the only reason, and I feel like that people were so down on Zeke that helped as well. 
I mean, uh, I think Chrissy got him for a really good price, like $26 or something like that. I want to say like, it was a very solid price. Um, Chrissy did a lot better this year. She didn't go on a draft after like four picks and she had a pretty solid team. I, I know she got a lot of players she loves cause she's a big cheese fan because of Mahomes, Of course she's a big Mahomes fan. So I should say. Yeah. I tried um, for Mahomes, then I backed off. Yeah. She actually come up like a really good pick. Cause I sent her a text as soon as she got, I was like, Oh my God, you got Mahomes at a good price this year. And she's like, I know. Right. <laughs> cause last year she paid like $70 for Mahomes. It was wild. Uh, I've never seen a quarterback ever go that high. It was insane. But, like, just I couldn't believe it. Because uh, people – it's not like she just bid 70 bucks. Like, it was going up and up and up. Um, but I think that uh, um, she did a really good job on getting Mahomes. And um, take a look here. Give me just one second. I'm responding to a message here. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she did good. The, really, for me, what threw me off with the draft was I was doing well with my money. And then it got into that where you were just – it got to where a lot of us were getting low on what we had. And so I was not expecting the – I was not expecting the draft to all of a sudden start just like cutting the time. Yeah, I think what what happened is, and that's the game I was, I'll be honest, like when I got in that pinch and I only had like 13 bucks left that I could spend, and that wasn't even a one play, that was like four, like eight picks. (laughs) So I was kind of up against the wall as far as like what I could bid on like a per player amount. And so um, I was just like, let me throw some people out here because I was hoping to possibly get a few players that I thought might go like a decent prices regularly, like maybe 10 bucks, but maybe if people had already spent their money, I could just throw out a player that people would bid on. Like I had no intention of like getting Chase Edmonds, but I wanted to throw Chase Edmonds name out there because I knew people might spend like 15 bucks on them and take their pot down. <laughs> so I was going for more of like a defensive strategy at that point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I just, that's where I got thrown off where all of a sudden we realized, okay, who you nominate, you're probably going to get. And so I was trying to take the time to look through all these players. And that's where I kept getting put on auto draft because I was running out of time to nominate. And so then I was just stuck with someone and that's why my bench is so low. Um, But anyways, um, unless there's something else you want to say about the draft, that's, I mean, we've been talking about it for an hour and yeah. that's all I had to I, say, but I also want, yeah. I'll talk about it some too, but I want you to talk about the uh, backyard brawl. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to mention that. Um, like I said, the other draft that I had, I, I just hate my backup running back or my RB2 and my uh, receiver two positions. I don't, I actually like everyone else. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm gonna actually going to hop over there real quick just to see what that looks like as far as my overall points. And uh, let me just uh, do a little substitution here real quick. So I see one of my players, uh, Hopkins, who actually was my second receiver drafted. It, obviously, he's not playing this week. And so I kind of just want to take him out real quick. Um, let's see. And I'll put Penny in there as well. 
yeah, just kind of looking. Um, I got Lamar, Cup, uh, Drake London, uh, Connor, Dylan, Penny, Pitts. Let's see. Yeah. At least I got Cousins in my backup in that league. And I got the Colts defense in that. That's pretty decent. So, I don't know. I don't feel too bad about it. But when it comes to matchup, we'll see. I'm probably – eh. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, um, yeah, so we'll move on to other things now. We've been talking about fantasy football a lot, but we did just do um, drafts. I did two or did one, as I explained at the beginning. So we just, you know, obviously been leading up to this, and it's fun, and it does celebrate kind of like – I feel like it's a special thing. It commences our anniversary of the podcast, which is, I guess, season two now uh, is what we'll do. We'll call this season two. So um, the Backyard Brawl happened um, this past Thursday – and I had been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, for those of you not in the know, um, Pitt and West Virginia used to be in the same conference. It was the Big East, and they were just rivals. There's like 65 to 70 miles to separate the two places. And so it just is a – both teams don't like each other, and it's it's great. <laughs> it's just fun. That's what you want in sports. Um, and that's what sucks is because with the college football realignment, a lot of the natural rivalries that have developed over the years uh, have just been squashed. And so we have a two and two, which means um, each team gets two home games uh, with Pitt over the next four years, this being year one of it, where we get to play them head to head. So it was in Pittsburgh this time, and it set the record for the most attended Pittsburgh sports event in history, which is wild to think about because granted, I, like I said, Everyone from Morgantown can drive to Pittsburgh, or if you're fans and you know you live close to the area, it's it's definitely within driving distance. But the the crazy thing to me is like it beats like Steelers playoff games because there have been um, at Heinz Field, which has been I guess it's um, Acreshore Stadium or whatever now. Uh, it's been open since like 2000 2001, so 20 years. You think a Steelers like champion like AFC Championship game or something because they've had multiple there would be more attended. But no, it actually is this game, uh, 70,600, and I want to say like 49 fans, but it's like 600-something. So 70,600 some fans attended the game. Um, it did not disappoint. I know Ward watched the game uh, as he was bartending that night, and it was just no team got ahead by more than seven points. Um, I felt very confident West Virginia was going to win. Um and they played great. I mean, honestly, I've watched West Virginia for the last, the last two years have kind of like sucked. They haven't had like a great offense. I've not liked the quarterback they had. They have a new quarterback this year who was uh, at Georgia previously. And I was really looking forward to this game for weeks. And so I got pizza ready for, you know, for the game. So I was like ready just to chill out and just watch this football game. Like I said, did not disappoint. Um it was a very close game that uh, West Virginia lost 31 to 38. Um, they threw, it was a, there was a pass that was thrown that was caught. It looked like at the one or even a touchdown, just depending where they ruled it. Um, and there at that time would have been like 22, 24 seconds left in the game. So West Virginia could have spiked the ball. They could have went for like a play and they would have had at least three to four plays um, before the game went in to get the touchdown because they had to get a touchdown an extra point to tie the game. So um, they came very, very close, like damn close to, to actually tying and would have went to overtime. Um, 
it was it was everything you'd want in a game. Next year, it's here in Morgantown. I'm going to try to – if I'm in town, I'm going to try to go because that just sounds incredible to me um, to see it live. That's why I went to the West Virginia basketball game last season when Pitt was playing here because it's it's just a nice rivalry. Now, West Virginia destroyed Pitt in basketball last year uh, when they played. But, you know, football, it might be pretty close again next year. It kind of depends. It's um, – with college football having the transfer portal – uh, it kind of changes things a lot. You don't have to like sit out a year or anything. So, um, you know, I th- I feel pretty good about this West Virginia season. I don't think they're going to go. On- I mean, obviously they're not going undefeated. Um, I think they're going to win next week because they're playing Kansas on Saturday. And I think the week after that, it's like Towson or something, Towson something. I don't know. Uh, so we'll see how they do in conference because they have, I think not, yeah, they have nine games in conference after that. Um, but I feel pretty good about the team. The offense looked really great. The only thing that I am critical of is there was a point in the game where they seem to have momentum. And if you watch football or any sport, really, if you have momentum, that gives you like almost like an added boost to all of your players. And the, the thing about the momentum, they have a freshman running back who even Ward saw and thought he looked really great. And he was just destroying Pitt. And Pitt has a really good defense, especially like a good line. And he was just running through him like the whole game. What was DJ that guy's name? something? <laughs> Which I should, I feel like I should know. I'll go back to to ESPN and check it out. I should know too. He was very good. He was just like I said, running through team uh, the the Pitt team. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. The box score. Uh, I'm sorry, CJ yeah. Donaldson was his name. Donaldson, that's yeah. it. Yes. He, he's a freshman from Miami, 240 pounds, 6'2", and I am happy because we might have him for like three years. He had seven carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. He was a beast. Only seven carries yeah. in over a – so just break 100 with only seven carries. I mean, yeah. that's saying something. It, it's wild. So my thing is they had the ball. It was like fourth and inches, and – they were on Pitt's side of the field. They were in that gray area, like the four, the 50 to 40 of Pitt to where, okay, you give up good field position if you don't get it. But if you punt it, you're not really, you know, winning really either. Cause you're not going to, unless you have like a one, get it out of the one, you're kind of like kind of losing out on it. Um, so my thing is they had the momentum. They were just running through Pitt at that point. I would have ran the ball with him because they couldn't stop him. All you need is inches. And so I think he would have picked it up and then maybe you score again and you, and they were up seven at that point. Um, when Pitt got the ball, they ended up uh, getting uh, a targeting contact against a West Virginia secondary player. And they ended up scoring that drive for a touchdown. So my argument is, Hey, they scored a touchdown. Even if you would have went for it and they just have the ball closer and they get a touchdown, you know, whatever at that point. So I, I personally would have went for it. I think that right. was the only missed call really of the whole game. I liked a lot of the other stuff. I probably would have played CJ a little bit more. I probably would have given him the rock at least another five times, the way he was just destroying the team. That's me personally. Um, honestly, even though we lost, I had a good time the whole game because the game was all, all close. Um, my only argument is um, I feel like I hate how long college football games are. They are so ridiculously oh long. 
I don't want to spend four hours. I, I mean, I will like when it's a good game like that, but I really hate to spend four hours watching a college football game. Uh, would have been my only complaint. I wish they were closer to three hours. Like I, I can do three and a half, I guess. Three, three to three fifteen is that sweet spot. And I wish it was like just a little less time because I feel like I like Penn State, I like West Virginia. And if I want to watch the, their games, that's eight hours on a Saturday. That's insane. So I wish college just wasn't as long as far or like the games didn't take as long. So my right. only grape is that yeah. I had a good time watching the game. I'm bummed they lost. But it was just a phenomenal game, and I think probably one of the best of the weekend, probably top three of the weekend. I would right. say. Right. You know, it was it was a great game. Yeah. Uh, actually, Thursday night had some really good games. They had some blowouts, like Tennessee destroyed. I'm trying to remember even who they played. I don't, um, but they just destroyed them. But yes, the backyard brawl was an excellent game and i had it was a lot there was a good bit of people uh that was at the bar i work at slugs that was that were really into the game so like one of the hardest parts of working in a like a sports bar is if there are good games on there's probably gonna be a crowd there to watch them and if you're working behind the bar you don't really get to watch the game yeah and so i didn't get to watch it really close but also um, I was able to kind of like keep up with it just because there were people there that were really into it. So, and it was a good game. And then once that game was over, a lot of people left. So I actually got to start closing process, like cleaning up and stuff a little early before I actually closed. And then I watched the rest of the Penn state. Who was it? They played. So I was taking a drink. Purdue. My mind's blanking. Yes. The Penn State Purdue, which that was also an excellent game. It was I even exciting, asked, and I'm surprised I, because Purdue's like not yeah. very good, and so that's why I had no interest even of putting it on like the iPad. I wanted to just focus solely on West Virginia Pitt, and that game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Right, like I even messaged you at one point in the fourth quarter. I was like, Penn State's played great, but they're out of time, and then they ended up yeah uh, scoring again, and that so that was also a really good game. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, it, it was two really solid football games, like, back-to-back that night. Or, like, you know, I guess they weren't really back-to-back, but, like, at the, simultaneously two games that were great. <laughs> right. Yep. And then you jump to Saturday, which there were some good games, but there was also some crazy blowouts. Uh, full like, disclosure, I watched zero football games yesterday, which is wild. Really? I would like to point out – I just got to point this out because uh, uh, Virginia Tech, they lost to Old Dominion. <laughs> I just want to point that out because, yep. you know, they lost the Old Dominion. Sorry. Like, there were some good games, and um, and there were also some blowouts. Like, Georgia destroyed Oregon. Yeah, that was a little surprising, to be honest. I didn't expect that big of a blowout. Like, woof. No, I didn't either. Notre Dame looked sharp in moments, but overall, Ohio State had that, and that's why they won it even though Ohio State's offense actually wasn't clicking like you would expect it to, and I expect them to click better the rest of the season. Um, the Florida Yeah, you got to talk about against, that game for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Florida game against Utah was a very close game. And I Flor- – I mean, new coach, and they are showing promise. That and also maybe Utah – Shouldn't have been ranked, what, number seven? 
Yeah. I'm I'm a proponent of um not ranking the teams until like about week five or six. So you get like about half the season in. You've played your cupcake schedule already, or like, you know, because most teams don't play anyone very great for their three non-conference, three, right. four non-conference games. So I would be more of a fan of like ranking once you kind of get a feel for teams. I'm with you there. Uh I mean yeah, I mean, but that game was super close. It really went down to it, and Florida won. Yeah. We pulled it out. But that was a really close nail-biter. That's, really. Those are the only three or four plays that I watched yesterday were the last four, three or four plays of uh, Utah and Florida, which I was like – I was I was yeah. happy for you because that's a massive win. Like a bit – like they're probably going to be ranked next week. It really I would is. Imagine. Like even if it's right. in the 20s, There's a chance. they're probably still going to be ranked, I would imagine. Your right, quarterback they weren't. was incredible last night. Yeah, like he, we have a good quarterback. He he's a runner. He's a very much a running threat. Also, he can pass the ball. He and he passed the ball well, but he is such a run threat. He broke away for like a I think it was a forty five yard touchdown oh my gosh it was incredible yeah, he said he pulled a lamar <laughs> yeah he did that's what it was kind of watching him was kind of like lamar you know which i think i already think lamar is a better passer than he gets credit for it and just in college he did so much not as a passer that's what it called for but i think he 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 could be good because honestly I mean, he. I think. I think if they had needed him to pass more and run less in college, I think he could have. Is what I'm going to say when it comes to Lamar. But same thing with this guy. He shows that he can pass the ball, but he's such an incredible run threat on top of it. And honestly, in the first half, especially in the first quarter, the only reason the game was as close as it was was because Florida kept making mistakes. Like they fumbled the ball at one point that helped that helped Utah score. Uh, there was something else that either led to another score or maybe just a field it was either another touchdown or a field goal but like they had mistakes that really helped Utah um, have it close in the first half and then it was just close the rest of the game I will say this though Utah's quarterback looks good one he looks good two that man played with so much heart there were so many there were multiple times where he ran with the ball, and he's not a runner like our quarterback is. Uh, Richards, right? Isn't it Richards? Our quarterback or Richardson? Um, look it up while I'm talking, if you would, please. But uh, this guy was a gr- really good quarterback, too, and he played with so much heart. Like I, was, well, like I was saying, he ran a few times, and he could have like just ducked out of bounds, and instead – he squared up, ran through, took the hit, and got like a first down and things like that. Like he, I, which uh, I have the stat, like the uh, the box score up. Um, Utah's quarterback, you said. Yes. Uh, take a look here, Cameron Rising. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's he's good. So I mean, I got a lot of respect for him after watching that game. He played. He played with a lot of heart, uh, but I'm really excited of what uh, Florida is going to do this year after that game. You know, because even even if yes, it was SEC versus you know like Utah's and what, like uh, Pac 
12. 12. Sorry, I almost said Pac-10. Yeah. So I was like, let me count the number of teams real quick. Yeah. No, I thought it was 12. Um, yeah. And they were ranked number seven. So, yes, maybe they were a little out of – maybe they were ranked a little higher than they should have been. But overall, they played well. And Florida looked a lot better than I expected. So, that was awesome. And I am super stoked on this quarterback. Just, oh, my goodness. So, I'm excited for that. There were some other games. There were some other, like, just crazy games last night. Like, I ended up watching the Beavers. I can't remember who they played against. Oh, Boise State, because that was a super late game. And I just – I had fallen asleep and I woke up. So, I turned it on. And that game was crazy finish. Uh, The freaking – Appalachian State and was it North Carolina or NC State? Um, that East game, Carolina and East NC Carolina. State. Yeah, it was a one point game, twenty one twenty, I believe, or something like that. That game was through. crazy, but then the Appalachian State game. Yeah, that was. I think didn't they did they insane. lose? UNC ended up winning that game though, right? Yes, but that game was insane. Okay. Appalachian State scored like 40 or 41 points in the fourth quarter. 40 points. Just so, them. 40 yes. points in the fourth quarter. And I think, they were getting walloped. Yeah, that's that's insane. Any team, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're Division One, Two, I don't care who you're playing, still to put 40 points is impressive in one quarter. Yeah, it was insane. And then it ended up being like a super close down to the wire game because of that comeback. That was crazy. Crazy game. Um, and then tonight, the FSU-LSU game, which I didn't watch much of the first half. I had it on, but that's when we were doing our draft. But first off, LSU made some – they definitely had some issues, like some fumbles on, like, punt returns that really helped Florida State. But that game went down to the wire, literally down to the wire, where somehow LSU drove the ball down, got on the one-yard line with two like two seconds on the clock. That was all that was left, and they were down a touchdown. And so basically, at first they said the guy went out of bounds. He was trying to go out of bounds, and then they reviewed it, and it took them forever to come back from reviewing the play. And when they finally came back, they showed, and it was accurate, his knee just barely touched inbounds before he got out. So there was like a touch with two seconds left on the clock. So basically what they said was turn the clock off. LSU has one play. One play on like the one yard line. And they scored. So all they need is an extra point. This game's going into overtime. FSU blocked the extra point to win the game. Wow, that's wild. Crazy. I did see it. I didn't ha- I didn't have it on because we were doing a, a video chat with the second draft, but I remember I saw your messages and I saw um people in the chat talking about the block. I didn't realize it was like right at the end of the game to like win it. Was zero seconds left when they did that? Wow. I watched yeah. the highlights of yeah, that. Yeah, because because they said they just said game clock off. LSU gets one play because they had like two seconds. Yeah. So there was so they're like, just turn it off. One they get they get one play. They get to snap the ball one time and, and they make a play for the end zone and they scored. So if it would have gone into overtime, but it wasn't that he missed it. 
FSU blocked it. Blocked it. That's you don't wild. get that many extra points blocked in games, period. And especially in college because all the extra points right. are from the two. Well, technically, they hike the ball from the two. It's like at the uh, about 17 yards out or so, 17, 18 yards out. So it's rarely blocked. So that's impressive. Yeah, it was a very exciting ending to a close, obviously a close game that was going back and forth. Yeah. And but also again, there was like I think two fumbles on the punts uh, by LSU. The same guy, poor kid, um, fumbling the ball. So, I mean, neither one of those teams are expected to like be very high up. Uh, but FSU really looked really good last week. Granted, yes, it was Duquesne, but still. Yes, it is. I'm a too. Gator fan, born and raised, but my alma mater is FSU, so they're my number two. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean, you have you had some really you had a really good weekend when it comes to college football. <laughs> like, yeah, those are like really I, impressive it, wins because those are both really solid teams. Yeah, and so like I said, there were some blowouts, but there was also some really good uh, games like those that really went down. That was just like crazy finishes. So exciting! I'm glad college football is back. It's gonna. It it could be a wild season. I'm super stoked for what it looks like Florida is creating. So, um, I'm looking through just the games next week. I don't think the game will be that great or anything by any means. But uh, there is Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm trying to scroll through on the ESPN app, and I keep hitting this damn ad, and it keeps putting me into <laughs> like job. Spotify, and it's really making me upset. Uh, actually, it was Apple Music, so. Quit using, quit messing up. Uh, Alabama, Texas, but I don't think Texas is going to do much. Uh, but that's like Probably pretty not. solid. Um, my teams play nobody good, so like that's out. Um, just looking at names, and like okay, like or like just even like ranking type names. Cool. Kentucky yeah, I and looked. Florida. I mean, that that might be actually end up being a pretty decent game. Kentucky's ranked I mean, right Ken, now. Yeah, Kentucky. Kentucky's ranked, and depending on what happens after that uh, win against Utah, Florida might be ranked now. So. I mean, I mean, other other than that, like if you look at like the other games, um, BYU Baylor will probably be a, a ranked matchup. And that's like, might be one of the only ranked matchups unless Florida gets that rank, which I expect them to. Um, that might be the only actual ranked matchup. So maybe two, there's not a lot of good games week two. Just week, week one had a, like a, some pretty solid games. Um, yeah. I have Kansas versus West Virginia and then Penn state and Ohio. So yeah. <laughs> and that's just Ohio, not mm-hmm. Ohio state. Uh- I was about. That's what yeah. I was about to ask. Not, 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 not the Buckeyes, the Bobcats. So, right, yeah. yeah, those are both kind of more of dogish kind of games. Um, but one thing I wanted to mention, since we're talking about college football, is did you see that they're going to expand the playoffs from four teams to twelve teams this year? No, okay. uh, I think the earliest would be next year if they if they if they all pass it to you know by then. But I mean, it's not surprising. Why not? I just it's surprised not su- it's from. Four to twelve, and not four to eight. Yeah, because I think eight would be right. better. That's, but that's what I was about to say. I like the idea of us getting to twelve, but that's a big jump. I would have thought they would have. Tr- I thought I would have thought they would have ran it with eight before jumping all the way to twelve. And do they give buys at that point? Because if you have twelve teams in the playoff, you have uneven 
you have uneven like teams like then you have six people advancing and then what like you have three teams at the, after that so you have to i feel like you have to have like the top four seeds get buys and then kind of like the nfl playoffs used to be you have a week of like a wild card or something or maybe, and then you have eight teams left maybe if you win your championship yeah i'm thinking that potentially could be it. i still i still personally would have probably preferred eight versus 12 but i'm not against it i think because right now, I think with the college football playoff, I think the bowl games really are just kind of like, okay, whatever. There's something to watch. You, I guess the school gets some money, but they're so commercialized now. It's like not just the Peach Bowl. Right. It's like the halftime.com, Tire Bowl. a million. You know, Peach Bowl. It's just stupid. And they're basically meaningless if you can be seven and six or six and seven and get in a bowl game, in my opinion. Like that's that's not a great season. Like you should at least be like eight and four plus. Right. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. You got all these small bowls. Now there's always yeah. been like the smaller bowls, but now there's just seems yeah. to be more smaller bowls. Like there's Yeah. I just think there needs to be a pedigree if you're gonna have that many bowl games. Um I just feel like you have to you have to have like a pedigree to get you know into a bowl game, not just be like seven and six for a season or six and six. Right. That's no, you got to at least have a winning record, and I would say at least two games over, so like eight and four, um, maybe maybe seven and five if you're gonna play twelve games and only like your league's championship. But that's still like very very iffy for me. Um, I just think if they're gonna the bowl do games, personally. Yeah, if, so. if they're gonna do twelve. My guess is they have a bye. And yeah. to me, most likely, I would say if you win your championship. But then what? And I think that's that's pretty good. I mean, you've got to consider it's probably like Big 12, SEC. Um, I mean, sorry, not Big 12, but ACC. SEC, Big 10, rather, not Big 12, but Big 10, uh, probably ACC. My guess is someone folds i think that either the um the big 10 which has west virginia is probably either going to fold or they're going to go somewhere else or maybe they combine with the pac 12 and that would be like the fourth one yeah because the pac 12 is going to be they're going to lose usc and uh ucla and you know who else you know from that you know so maybe one of those teams gets to go as well again i like i like conferences that you know are more of like rivalries and stuff like if you were, I mean, it wouldn't happen. But let's say Florida joined the Pac-12 because it would be geographically insane, kind of like some of the things that happen now. And it's like your rival then becomes USC. And it's like, okay, but it's not really, and it never was. And it's kind of like, that's cool. I like right. playing USC. Like, I like playing Texas. But, like, I still don't consider Texas, like, our rival. Like, we're just kind of, like, forcing it, you know, versus, like, it being Pitt right. or Syracuse or – um maryland or someone like that or even like virginia tech when they are in the conference like that's those are the teams i like to play and and you have the rivalry there so yeah no i'm with you and there's also talk that eventually they may um like some of these big conferences may break away and do their own thing championship wise which i don't like that idea i could see it happening but i don't i I don't necessarily like it Mm -hmm. um but yeah but yeah i think when they go to 12, my first guess is if you win your championship, you get a bye. My only question is Notre Dame has become a prominent, uh, a prominent independent. Yeah. So like a, 
trying to find the right word to say like a prominent team again. I was trying to find better wording than that, but that's basically what it is. You know, like they had a they had a low a lull there for a little while, and they're starting to look really good again. I mean, they didn't play horrible against Ohio State, and this year yeah. they, I mean, what if so? What if this year was the twelve teams, and uh, and Notre Dame doesn't lose another game? Because they're not in a championship, they 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 have to they have to play instead of getting a bye. If that's how it, if that's how it happens, if it happens that championship means you get winner winner gets a bye, Notre Dame can never get a bye. You know that I don't know. That's you know that that's a question for it. So I'll just have to see what happens. I do like that it's more. I just would have expected them to do eight and work their way to twelve instead of jumping yeah. all the way to twelve. But also maybe that's maybe part of that is the hope of keeping some of these conferences from breaking away. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're just gonna have to see. I'm I'm interested to see what Clemson does this year. Cause they definitely had a low season last year. Yeah, I mean, I, the ACC is going to be definitely as far as like I don't think they're good, I don't know if they're going to be as dominated as like dominating the SEC as they once did. So right, which because let's be honest, it was mainly just Clemson. Yeah, and you would get like Florida State is like the championship team that would like kind of contend with them, and that would be it. Right, but how long has it been since Florida State's been there? Oh, I don't know. Number it's been a while. It's been a while for the last few years. Clemson has like North Carolina. Right. I think it was Duke one year. (laughs) Like for the last few years, Clemson has been in the running for the national championship. Obviously they've won quite a few. It's been Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, you know, Georgia, teams like that. Like Clemson's been there. And so like last year was an off year for them, but they've been about when it comes to the ACC, they've pretty well been it. Like Miami's in the ACC now, but they still, they still haven't come back to prominence yet. So it's really just, it's really just been Clemson that's been the only really strong team in the ACC in recent years. So we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, but I mean, there was a little while where Boston College looked really good because they're in the ACC still, aren't they? They are. They're the ones that started yeah. this whole damn thing anyway. <laughs> this college right. realignment, them, and then it was Syracuse right. like right after. But I'm still very salty at, at Boston College for that. <laughs> and that was early. That was when I was still in college. Yeah, that was like '05, something like that. Something like that was when it started. Like and that. it just shifted everything after that. It became like a money grab. Now, I mean, I'll be honest. Like It, it kind of makes sense why they're in the SEC. I mean, sorry, the ACC. ACC, um, yeah. I get it. It does. I even get Syracuse, but it's like when you start having like Pitt in the ACC, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You have, uh, I still like Maryland, the ACC versus like the Big Ten, which doesn't really make any sense for Maryland. Um, neither does Nebraska. Right. Like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, Maryland should have stayed in the ACC. Um, yeah. 
So it, it just kills all your rivalries. That's that's the only thing I don't like. That I mean, and they're not. We're not talking like, oh, they've played each other for like thirty years. No, we're talking like a hundred years. Like when West Virginia and Pitt just played, right. that was the hundred fifth meeting of the teams. Like you're crushing literally hundreds of years of rivalries. It's stupid, in my opinion. So, what would be crazy is if Florida State was to join the SEC because you have that giant rivalry of Florida State, Florida. Yeah. Granted, until more recently, I mean, Florida's been in a lull, but not as long as Florida State has. And uh, so that Florida's kind of been the better um, for a little bit there. And that's a huge rivalry in the South. And, I mean, in Florida, obviously, that's a huge rivalry. Mm -hmm. So if they were in the same conference, that would be nuts. Florida, yeah, that would be insane. That'd be really just wild. Even though Georgia's obviously been the better of late, Florida Georgia's also a very big rivalry. I mean, and Georgia looks obviously against Oregon, who is not supposed to be as bad as they looked. I mean, oh my goodness, what Georgia did to them was insane. That was basically a zero. They got a field goal, but they basically beat them to nil. I mean, that was incredible. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm excited that college football is back. And I'm going to push uh, ahead to a uh, another topic that I know you wanted to touch on. Uh, before we jump into something super big and, and more in-depth, uh, Serena more than likely finished out her tennis career uh, this week. Yeah, she said I – think, I think she said after that that this was it. Yeah, I, that was that was an impressive run, though. I think I, the whole not think I know that the whole um, New York and, and all, of course the attendees were there like pushing for her to win because it would be like a remarkable story uh, for sure. Right. Well, she wasn't supposed to get past the second. Yeah, and she did. Right, and she looked incredible. And and I mean, she she's got she is one of if not the greatest tennis player. She's definitely top two or three of women ever. Um, I think the only, I think the only, I know she doesn't have, I think Margaret Court might have more majors than her. Um, right. And I think the only, yes. I think the only um, disadvantage she would have is because women, like, there's fewer great opponents for her to go against, unlike back in the day. Um, I think Billie Jean King's probably up there, Margaret Court, Serena. Somewhere, you know, that was probably, I would say, probably top three of all time for most players. Uh, Martina Natalova, I'm probably screwing up her last name, but I, no, I think that's right. I would Natalova. say that is another person up there pretty high, but I mean, Serena is, I mean, one of the greatest to ever play. That's like saying LeBron James, yeah. MJ, Kareem, you know, those are all greats. You know, whether, right. wherever where you want to yeah. put them in, um, they're all greats. And I would even say she's one of the greatest athletes. And she, oh, yeah. and what she has done for that sport. There mm-hmm. are so many, like, female, but not just female. Like, sh- her and Venus helped really revitalize tennis in general. So, like, when yeah. I was. It's very similar to what Tiger Woods did for exactly. golf, in a sense. Yes. And, like, when I, and when I was a kid, we didn't have cable. There wasn't a lot of, like, there wasn't a, until I was old enough to drive and get out of the house. There wasn't a lot of friends that lived near me. And so 
I actually watched a good bit of tennis growing up because it's such a fast sport. Mm-hmm. It entertained me. And so I would watch it a good bit because it would be on regular uh, networks. And so I remember Venus and Serena starting their careers. These two young black girls with braids in the, and, uh, and beads in their hair. And, you know, and, and you can even tell there, like, because Venus is not shabby either. Uh, she's been kind of, oh no, you know, no. I mean, definitely not on the same level as Serena as far as like tennis accomplishments, but still very, very, very great. Right, and so like when they came on, just the attention they started getting, what they started doing, the respect they started quickly earning. You know, it was it was incredible, and so you have this generation of that have come up after them that oh, and and look up to them and, you know, say it's credit. It's because of them that I am where I am. And so then you Mm -hmm. flip that. And just like, again, like you said, with Tiger Woods, the fact that it's too young, it was two young black women. And I mean, I'm I'm not like, I don't even want to like turn it into a race thing, but I mean, to be honest, like, if you look prior to that, where there are many black women in tennis, now granted, I like, didn't watch a whole lot of tennis i still don't watch a whole lot of tennis i don't make it seem like i'm a big tennis fan or anything i watch a lot less yeah but like even back then like it it, it's i mean for something that two sports uh, in particular you most i would say in america at least i can't speak for other countries but most people would say uh if you look on the outside of being a tennis and golf both being more richer more towards like a white sport if, if you want to call it that yes. and i think what they yeah, did is uh, diversify it in a lot of way and maybe open up new eyes so it's saying hey i can play this too and maybe even people that didn't want to play right. but just hey maybe i should check this out and brought more eyes to the sport itself exactly yeah so like yeah. what what serena and venus and then their father being their you know like their manager and all but i mean that's why there's a movie about him that came out recently, which I haven't watched. I should because I've heard it's very good. But it might still be on HBO. I don't know, but it was at one point on mm-hmm. HBO. But yeah, I mean, they, what they did for the sport, and specifically Serena has done for that sport, is incredible. And it brought eyes not just to yes. women's, but the tennis in general. But obviously, what it did for women. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what she's done is phenomenal. And yeah, I definitely. And especially at her age, because I mean, right. really, the 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 thing always about tennis was like when you hit like late twenties, early thirties, you're most of the time done. Um, yeah, she was what forty one. Yeah, I mean, she was still winning late in her career. Now, I mean, she had a kid and was off for like a year or two there. Right, you know, it had some injury. Yeah, you know, could have cost her like a title or something there. But I mean, just to even be like. Now, granted, her, she wasn't ranked, but that's more of, like, matches played and everything type thing. Because, you know, like, when you're going against her, right. it'd be like going against, like, a 40-year-old LeBron or something. And, like, you're still playing LeBron James. Yeah, you know, maybe not prime LeBron right. James. You're still going against LeBron James. So, I mean, you're still going against Serena, who is, like, one of the greatest to ever play tennis. Like, that's still incredible. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, what she's done for just sports in general and all is just is phenomenal. Um and I think that uh, one other thing I know that we wanted to mention, like when it, uh, like when it comes to sports, because I, I knew we were going to spend a lot. Well, one, I knew it was going to be a long episode. I don't think we did this in the open, but I said, you know, minus uh, 
the, the Furnace Fest episode, it's probably going to be one of the longest episodes we've ever had, uh, which was like four hours or close to it. Right. I think this one's like closer to two and a half-ish is what I'm going to say, but still probably one of our longer episodes. Um, just because of like the number of topics and then with having the fantasy drafts tonight and covering those. Right. But um, there's a massive NBA trade this week that really shakes up the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Um, Donovan Mitchell got traded for um, Laurie Markkinen, uh, three first round picks, two pick swaps. Uh, Agbaji from he played at Kansas. He's a rookie this year, and Colin Sexton, who signed a four year, I think seventy two million dollar contract um, when he got traded with Utah. So that was the trade for uh, just Donovan Mitchell. And I think that is an excellent trade for the Cavaliers because um, Sexton is a guy they weren't willing to pay $20 million for anyway per year. Um, And he wasn't signed. He's still a free agent. And we're looking at two months of free agency at that point or close to it. So, I mean, not a lot to other teams were either, really, uh, if if he's still a free agent at that point. And um, Lauren Markinen is, I think that's fine giving him up because you have Kevin Love, who's, you know, Still, you know, an okay bench player uh, to have coming off the bench to play. And, of course, you have Mobley, who's, I think, going to get better next year. And you have Jared Allen and Agbaji. Um, you know, he's an older player coming out of college. He's, like, 22. He played four years of all, maybe five. So um, he's an older player who just had a really good senior season. So you don't know what's going to be there, like, when it comes to the pros. I think it's an excellent trade, and I know you probably disagree with how high they can go. I think they're a top three team now. Um, the only you, teams I place above them, for, and I'm not saying win total, I'm saying head-to-head teams are the Bucks because I think they have one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and um, who was the other team I mentioned? The Celtics, who, you know, obviously coming off the finals, having two great players right. in Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, and just overall being a great team. Uh, I would put them right there and potentially could beat either one of those teams. Um, we've seen Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs go off when him and uh, uh, Jalen um, Murray were going like off, like almost like at the same time, where like you have a good night, I'll have a good night. And it was like they were battling each other when it was Denver and Utah in the playoffs, I think two years ago. So I think it was the bubble season. It was remarkable. It was just must see basketball. And so I think this turns the Eastern Conference into so like a three team, like top tier level, um, is what I would say. I know you want to put Miami up there, and I think Miami's good, and I think they'll have a lot of wins, but I don't know if Miami has to play either of those teams, how well they would do, especially the Cavs getting a little bit of experience last year in the playoffs, even though it was like the play-in game. Um, I still think that helps uh, just kind of get used to that atmosphere in a way. And I think that makes them like unbelievable because they have Garland and then they have Mitchell who doesn't necessarily have to defend having Jaron Allen and Mobley who are great defenders. And uh, they have a Coro who can just like – basically just get better at corner threes now because they have two great like guards who can score. So I love the trade for the Cavs. I'm stoked on this trade and I can't wait to see them in league pass. I think it's a very good trade. I do think that's going to make the Cavs much more, much more dangerous. 
I still don't I don't put them as high as you because you also caught said they were your sleeper last year. Then yeah, you know, yeah. and they were good, but they But did they do what I said they would do? Yes. Just wanna point that out. I'm I mean they were my I I think they were my dark horse that I thought really could have a chance to think of the seven eight seed. And I mean they did have they did reach the plan game. Granted, Allen was injured. That's kind of like what derailed their right. season. Right. His injury towards the end of the year cost him like twenty games of like I think he was out like twenty games or something. So I mean that's a he was a big reason they were doing so well. And he was an all star last year. I think he was an all star last year. An all star reserve. So well, I think they'll be good. Here's what yeah. I would say, though. What does Atlanta do? Oh, um, not defend? <laughs> if they not can, play defense. If they so I'm can, not worried about Atlanta. If they can just play some defense, they could be a very good team. I, I agree 100% with that because I think Trey – I like DeJounte, I like DeJounte Murray, um, and I like Trey, I, especially like off the ball Trey. Um, yes. Like if he could do more of like but what they, Steph Curry does, I'm not to compare them again, which I know everyone already does a lot already. But if he could play off the ball really well and maybe get create some space and whatnot, I like that team a lot. Um, but they don't play defense. They got to. That's why they got to play D. They got to play that's, D. And that would be the only reason why, I, like, I'm hesitant to say that, like, they scare me. Whereas I know Cleveland's going to play D, e- even if like Donovan Mitchell can be a little leaky when it comes to defense. I mean, you have Murray, I'm sorry, you have Mobley, and you have um, uh, Jared Allen there to kind of, like, pick up the slack. So I like the, I like those two guys. 76ers are a wild card. Yeah. 76ers is like a wait and see, and it's it's not because I know Embiid right. is, barring injury, is going to show up. Um, Maxi looked really good. I think that he's going to be a hell of a player. I just don't know what kind of version of Harden we're going to get. If we get a very good Harden, I'm not even seeing he has to be like lights out on D. I mean, if he can just be really good on offense and not be like a ball hog, I like the six. And he, he started to come back there near the end a little bit. You saw flashes of the old Harden. Also what he did now, granted he's going to end up making his money with the, but basically he, he made himself look very good by basically saying, yeah. what can I do to financially help this team so we can win? You know, that's what it looks like. And that mindset shows me his head at least. And yes, it, it's hard. And so you don't know, it may change, but I have the, I, I, right now I think he has the right mindset that he was lacking yeah. um, in the first bit of the playoffs. And so I think I don't know what's going to happen with them. I do think my I like Tucker. I, I think Tucker's a good pickup. Yes, and Daniel House off the bench, like basically to give you some three and D. I, I don't mind Daniel House either. I I just I did make the joke of like, oh, they're going to build the Rockets from like uh, when was the last time Katie was with the the Warriors? That was like 2019. I was like, they're going to build the 2019 Rockets, but all right. the Sixers. <laughs> so, so I think they got they got a shot. Miami, though. Tucker was good with Miami. He fit Miami perfectly. So that's a yeah. bit of a loss, but here's the deal. I still say Miami, Boston basically came down to who, what team physically was the least beat up. I really think that's what that came down to. And, and it was yes, Boston. I so agree. I do think Miami can still be very good. 
I think Kyle Lowry needs to show up better, like in better shape this year would be my only critique because they paid a lot of money for him and they expect a lot out of him and to not have him. And then also but to lose he, Tucker this year. Right. But yeah, Lowry. That's going to be a big loss. Lowry got hurt. He got beat up. Yeah. So again, less if he can sustain and not be as beat up, he's going to be lights out. Because when he wasn't beat up, he was lights out. Yeah, so, I mean, he is getting older. That's the same thing. Like, right. really, if we look at say old guards, and I'm more of like a point guard because I mean, he's a point guard. So old point guards, other than Chris Paul, a lot of people fall off about. I mean, usually earlier rather than later. But like he, ha- I mean, he is an older guy. I think he's like 34, 35. But Chris Paul's really been the only surprise. Actually, the one to sustain it. Minus, I know Chris Paul's usually going to pull a hammy every year or something like that. I mean, it's it's. Uh, he showed his age near the but, end of the playoffs this year. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think I think what the, what the deal for for the Suns, um, if, if that's your meaning, you're referring to Chris Paul. Yes, I think that the deal for him mainly was they they played the regular season. Whereas like, if you look at the Spurs, you know, when they late to Duncan career, they were just be like, okay, let's get to the playoffs and let's make noise there versus like winning 60 games. And I think the, I don't think the Suns will try to win 60 games. I think they're going to try to watch Chris a lot as far as like rest him more leading yeah. up to the playoffs. Also Booker did not show up the way you would expect. No, he still was good. No. I mean, that's why you have that shirt. Right. <laughs> that's why you yes. have the Luca meme because Luca right. should not have destroyed that team like he did. Even though he's he was the best player of the series, right. he still shouldn't have just just dominated like he did. He did. But that's where Russia. that's where losing Brunson hurt the Mavs because yeah. Brunson made it easier for Luca to destroy. I'm looking forward to see what Dinwiddie does next year because like we were both impressed yes. a lot with Dinwiddie. Um, just what he brought to the Mavs. And I, I'm kind of curious. They'll have, hopefully, uh, Tim Hardaway comes back yep. and gives them a little something as well. I'm curious about the Mavs. I don't I don't think they'll be as good as last year's Mavs. I still kind of put them in the belt. I still see them being higher than, like, a four seed. I mean, I think that would losing, be very, very high yeah, for them. Losing Brunson hurt them, and I get it. He got a ton of money. And it also made a, yeah. so much more sense to me when I found out that his dad is part of the Knicks organization. So, and not only is his dad, he, uh, Worldwide West, who's like the GM of the Knicks, like they, ha- his dad has a, obviously has a relationship with him and like he's like a family friend. Like, so it makes sense. But the Knicks, it, the it, Knicks next year, no, the Knicks aren't going to be good probably at all. No. Oh, sadly. No. So Brunson went somewhere where, who knows? I mean, he's still he's still young enough that if they can figure out a way to build something with him while he's still there, it could turn out good for him. But right now, it's just money. I'm, he got good. I would money. not. I wouldn't fault him for it because I understand why he did, especially having family and like the, those right. re, those relationships already there. But if you can play with like a, a guy who can be maybe one of the best, say 30, 40 players ever in the NBA by the time his career is over. You're going to pass it up just because I love my family and stuff. But, hey, if it's a better basketball situation, I'm probably going to take that. And I think that Dallas I mean, is the better basketball situation. I agree. You can always I go to New York. That's always going to be an option right. at some point in your career. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you got Cuban seems to be all about, you know, that team, you know. Hillsman. Yeah, versus you have, like, 
so many people were saying that the that the biggest problem with the Knicks are the way they ran. So I mean, so yeah, I I get it too. Like I said, especially when I found out his dad was there, so it makes sense. But that yeah. does hurt the Mavs. How much we'll see, but I don't know. I'm I'm the East is probably still the better overall conference. The problem, oh, yeah. I don't think it switched. I think the West got better because you're going to have a better Denver team next yeah. year. You're going to have, I think, the Clippers returning um, with Kawhi right. and Paul George. So I right. think you're going to have better teams. And I, like I said, that's why I don't think the Mavs are going to be that high. Of, like I don't think they're going to be a top four seed because, I mean, you're, you're going to have the Warriors that are going to be up there contending. I mean, especially with all their pieces, I still think they're going to be a top four yep. seed. Uh, Clippers are probably going to be top four seed. Um, Denver, with all their pieces, I granted the health of them. You know, who knows? But grant, Denver has a lot of good pieces. I mean, look what they did. Look what with Jokic, Jokic and players. <laughs> Jokic what, look and, what, and yes. players. <laughs> Jokic is just that good. And yeah. to have Murray back, oh my goodness. And then Phoenix, who basically is going to be the same team next year. Like, they didn't make any changes. So, you have so many towards the top. I just don't think Dallas can really get one of those, like, home, like, advantage type situations in the playoffs. So As of now, they have not done enough to add yet for that, for what they lost in Brunson. No. I, Though Hardaway, I, I definitely think they're going to be a playoff yeah. team. Hardaway sure, was though. really coming on before he got hurt. So that, yeah. so him coming back could definitely be a really good spark. So I think he, to me, it's it's what kind of Hardaway comes back is the biggest wild card for the Mavs because he was really coming on, and but I, I still think I still think the West has the best chance. Okay, outside of the Bucks. I think the West still has the best chance to win it all. Obviously, it's way early to project that. Just because, again, the Easter are going to beat up on each other so much. Yeah. I think the East has more depth, but I think probably the West has the better teams. Like, more of the better teams like that stand in like title chances, if that makes sense. I, I don't even know. I would say that definitely last year, the East had more, but again, they beat up each yeah. other so much, you know, like, yeah. I mean, look, Bucks and Nets, like second right. round or no Bucks. Yeah. It was a Bucks and Nets. No Bucks and uh, Celtics second round last year was insane. Right. And that's right. You know, that was second round. That was even like wild. Barring, barring injuries, the Bucks would have probably won that. Yeah. Cause they didn't have Chris Milton. I think that's, that was a exactly. massive loss. And I, I like exactly. I said, Giannis is the best. And when you have the best player, that really does like change. I mean, look, they almost took down the Celtics, not having their probably second best player. I would say, I mean, I would say he's better Definitely than their second best than, than Drew, even though I like Drew. Um, yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, yeah. You, losing Middleton is the, I say, Losing Middleton is the is the reason Celtics won that was because the Bucks lost Middleton. So aside from the Bucks, if they stay healthy, well, no, I guess not because again, again, it comes down to that whole like who survives the East because they beat each other up so much in the regular season. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be the real. That's like I think that's going to be the big thing again for the East. It's who just can survive 
play in each other through it. Um, and, and then we'll just have to see. But I, I think the Bucks have the best shot out of the East. And, and what's what was really wild is uh, we're really because obviously we have football starting next week for the NFL. We have college that started this week, but outside of that, um, we have basketball in like five or six weeks so we're gonna have yeah. basketball and football again and it's yeah. gonna be wild because we were like yeah you know what we have to talk about and everything but now we have we're gonna have like a plethora of content like in in a, like a month and a half basically and you may not be big into it but let me tell you i'm gonna talk about the world cup oh yeah i i'm looking i love world cup i've mentioned this like i don't watch a whole lot of soccer regularly but when it's world cup i love world cup i just wish it was in the summer this year because you know November is like not the most ideal time with so much other stuff going on. And in the summer, we would have been I talking agree. World Cup, I think, a lot more because I I can get up and like put World Cup on right away. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I I I don't like that it's that it's in the fall or and start of winter, but I mean that's what it is. But that's mm-hmm. that's just going to be more stuff to talk about um, with that coming on. We didn't talk a, like we talked college last year, but. Not a ton. Yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll. I mean, I know it. It just it's new. Um, I mean, mo- both my teams aren't like super great last year, so it's hard for me to be invested when they're like so terrible. Um, I mean, I watched the games, and like I said, them being longer again, too. My, like, those are my like qualms about college. Like, I don't. I like college. Um, right. But it's like. It's just it's I don't I especially like watching the NFL and then falling for fantasy and stuff like that. It's really like I don't want to devote my whole weekend to like just football and right. watching football. Yeah. And the hardest part for me is I work Saturdays. Um yeah. so the afternoon games I don't get to watch as closely. Uh so that that makes it a little difficult uh, when it when a lot of the big games are in the afternoon because I'll try to have it on in the shop while I'm working but I don't really get to pay attention mm-hmm. very well. Uh, but but I do want to talk about it more, especially with what Florida just did. I mean, I mean, last year, my again, my one and two is Florida, Florida State, and neither one of them were very good, mm-hmm. especially Florida State. So there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot to talk about unless it's like, oh, this this game was incredible. So and that's one thing I do. I try to if there's if it's not like one of those two teams, there's other teams that are always on my radar, you know. But so, but you uh, one thing I will say that I've always noticed, like you will always put on a game regardless of what time of night it is. So you'll have like the West Coast game on like ten, eleven o'clock at night, um, right? <laughs> you know, if yeah, if I'm home, I'll just throw it on. But I yeah. also like just even when I'm at the shop. I'll say, okay, what game looks like it could be a good matchup, you know, that it's not just going to be a blowout. And I'll try to keep up with that. So, like, when Georgia was – I had the Georgia game on, and it was obviously a blowout. So I started looking, like, what other games are kind of close that I can just mm-hmm. put on while I'm at work because of that, you know. So I try to do that as well. So at least to say, like, this was exciting, you know, even if it's not, like, high-ranked teams. Um, so I'm excited for it. I'm I just watched the last uh, couple minutes, like the well, not the last couple minutes. I, I didn't watch the last two. But I watched the highlights of the last, say, like three minutes of the Florida State uh, LSU game where they kicked the ball and Florida State recovered, and they were actually were close to scoring. 
Yep. And then gave it up to LSU. That was that was a wild finish for sure. Um, I think that's all I have when it comes to sports. I know we spent like nearly, well, now over two hours on it. But yes, yeah. I, I mean, knew we, I knew we were gonna have a lot on the on sports this week just because of the fantasy mainly. But just like there's a lot of other stuff that happened this week, we normally would not have. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess the only thing is just to say, obviously, NFL starting. So, yep. I'm looking forward game? to that Thursday night game. That's going to be yes. big for me. I'm watching that for sure. Yeah, I, it'll be on. I don't know how much I actually get to pay mm-hmm. attention. Yeah, you'll have more of a crowd there too because, you know, probably with uh, NFL starting and everything. Yep. So we'll see how that goes as being able to keep up with it. But yeah, we got NFL starting. So that's going to be exciting. Um, I have not had a chance to really look at the matchups outside of that game. I haven't had a chance to really look and see what they are. Obviously, I'm going to be interested in Jaguars yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I, real mm-hmm. quick, first first fantasy, you and I play each other this week. Well, um, I, I saw that message, but that's going to change because I have to, um, one, even out the divisions because they're right now six and four, and that's not going to work. And then I have to um, – I build our schedule. Right. So everyone in the same division plays each other – uh, twice and then you play the other conference once so that's a total of uh 13 games and then like a three team like six teams will make the playoffs and whatnot um and then we'll end in week six on week 16 instead of week uh 17 which is what most top players we just don't have the you know it'd be weird to have that one odd week when you just like play someone randomly and so uh i just kind of squash that so the the, the schedules could change because what i do is um i put the teams into a schedule builder and it plans it out to where everyone plays each other exactly like i planned it out like i said the two times in the division and whatnot right. i mean but full disclosure we're going to be in the same division because you know for content right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean yeah it just kind of always works out that way because one it's it's more fun because like we have two games a year then at least against each other same with Chrissy. Like I kind of always put the three of us in the same division together. So we're there. And then I kind of balance it out otherwise, but uh, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Like three of us will be out of the five teams in the same division. So it may not be week one. So that could change between now and then, but I'll okay. let you, I mean, well, gotcha. I'll put it, the teams in it tomorrow and um, get the schedules updated because I have to do that before the thing. I just knew that it was, we were going to record right. so late tonight that I won't want to do it. And then I moved all my stuff, not even thinking about I could I could potentially do that tonight. And I was like, oh yeah, I moved all my laptop, on my um, computer, and everything. So I was like, eh, I probably won't do that for tomorrow morning. So yeah, um, right now you're project- if we do play each other, you're projected to win, and probably whoever else I go against, <laughs> I'm not projected to win because right now I'm only projected to like have 104, which obviously could change. You know, like Lamar could go off and different things like that. It could change, but. We'll see what happens. Right now, you're projected to win. Uh, so, I just, I just looked at the the other that other league that I'm in that uh, I did a, a draft for on Friday, which we didn't even mention, which is totally fine. Like, I don't care to talk about that league because, like, it's so weird. Yeah, but you're in three. Yeah. That league, I'm projected to put up 144 points, but still lose that week. <laughs> that it's because it's insane. They have their defenses like really jacked up with things that is kind of crazy. It's a full PPR league as well, so it's it's kind of wild in that league. So I'm, that's going to be an interesting one. I don't think I'm going to win, but it's like ten bucks to join. That's why I did it. 
um i i'm really mainly playing the the the, the, yeah. the of course ours and then of course the um uh the um the B, uh the fan uh furnace, furnace fest, sorry i was trying to like what other group uh yeah furnace fest group those are the ones i'm really like engaged in for sure like i'm locked in both of those um right but we'll see how how the kind of develops and everything over the uh course of the season yeah all right i think we should jump to side b now sounds good um i got a few things to mention and i know i need All to right. look at one thing because i don't know when it ends and I'm kind of nervous. Uh, I know that T Swift, Taylor Swift, um, has re- is releasing, I should say, a new record next month. Um, and I'm definitely intrigued by it. I feel like I have no idea how it's going to sound because she hasn't released the song yet or anything. But just going by the artwork, it has kind of like an old school kind of like '70s aesthetic to it, maybe even '60s aesthetic to it. Um, I like the theme, uh, like the themes that she's kind of like wanting to bring into this new record, and so like I'm there, like I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, like basically it's called Midnight's, and the whole idea is these are the songs that come up when you can't sleep. Yeah, one night I couldn't sleep this week because of fantasy football. Is that a song? <laughs> right. I'm not so, joking. That that actually legit happened, but I don't think that's one of the times. Oh uh, no. I mean. I I've pre-ordered because I haven't yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, I mean, she's I I don't think she's going to do an Adele, but I think it's going to be the closest to an Adele where like we're going to get a lot of smaller presses pushed back, probably because of hers. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, because these are these aren't like she didn't post this stuff and then say, hey, we're you know, I still have two days. I just checked the time, so I'm good. Uh, but I am going to order pre-order. I have it yet, but I want the jade one. I love that green. I like the artwork. It's my favorite mm-hmm. of the the extra artwork she's done. My actually, my if I was going to get a different one, I probably would get just like the regular version because I like that regular version artwork and the color a lot. But I'm not passing up an alternate like midnight's right. I green agree. And, and everything. So just to explain, she announced the album that's coming out in October called Midnight. Mm-hmm. I think she did on Tuesday, if memory serves. And then she and then she put up the one album, which and the variants kind of like a sky bluish variant. And so she announced that with that artwork, yeah. which is a cool. It's her like really with the cool. lighter. I think it looks cool too. Yeah. And then it's, it's pretty dope. But then a few days later, she announced three other variants that each have their different album art and. Those are the ones that there's mm-hmm. only like it was like you have five or six days to order. Yeah, I think it was a, a full week. Of, yeah, you have like well, here it says uh, September seventh at um, basically almost midnight Eastern. So I still have like another couple of days to order. Right. So that's what it was. Yeah. And and so that's so that's what she's doing. So you have four different variants to choose from of her new album, and they ship when the album comes out. Yeah. Which is cool because you know these yeah. these have been work for a while, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Like I have, like I said, don't know how it's going to sound, but I feel like just judging by the aesthetic of it, which I think you could point to a lot of her work and judge the album art and aesthetic, kind of like how the album is going to sound in a way. If you really kind of think about it, 
I agree the way she's gone lately. I mean, yeah. the 1989, not, I don't know. That one's maybe a little harder. Yeah. And then the two albums after that, I didn't pay as much attention to, but they did sound like the album art. And then obviously um, the her last two albums that blew everyone out of the water, the album art fits perfect with them. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. This does have an older look to it that kind of like 70s and also we'll see what happens with it i could see it being a mix of what she did recently that little more of a folk vibe as well as i guess you would say like modern folk vibe as well as what you said of that kind of 70s i could see that for sure based on the album art and i've not heard Um, like anything about like producer wise who she's worked on it because then that would probably i could probably form an opinion of what the album would sound like if I knew that information, but like um, last album, she worked with the uh, Jesner t- uh, twins or brother. Yeah. Twins of uh, the national. And you kind of, I was in at that point. I was like, Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I know how this is going to kind of sound. And she pretty much, she's, she, it seems like she almost always works with I always get his name wrong. The bleachers guy, uh, Jack Antonoff. Yeah. She yes. works with him. I, she he was involved in um, the last record as well, right? Um, yeah, and of so course he I, did most of nineteen eighty nine, right? So I think there's a very good chance that he's involved with this one. At and all, he, so. let's. I'm just going to be honest. He's he is just blowing up as a producer. Like I never expect him to blow up as much as he did. Um, I love the first the first Bleachers record. It's like one of my favorites. Like I'm so glad I got that at a good price not too long ago. Even though I paid a little bit more than I'd want for it. Um, love that record a lot. It's especially when I was in Vegas last, uh, in, before the pandemic. That's when I really, like, really fell in love with that record, even though it'd been out for like, years and I liked it. I fell in love with it then, and so, yeah, yeah. I so I, susp- I, I suspect he's going to have a hand in or has a hand in this one as well. Yeah, I don't know that, but I would, I, I expect it at this point. The way they work together, yeah. so much. So I think it'll, I mean, she has become an artist that I always expect to be really good. And it's been that way. Like I said, I didn't pay much attention to the two after 1989. Same. Uh, what was it? Reputation, uh, Reputation and, Lover. and Lover. Yeah. Right. I didn't really pay much attention to those. Uh, but 1989 gained my respect for her. Yeah. And 1989 then, is great. We've discussed like how good of a pop record that yes. is. It's just just an album in general, but like as far if you definitely look at it, view it as mainly like a pop album, good lord, it's awesome. Right. And then what she has done, you know, coming out of the pandemic was just phenomenal. So now she is some mm-hmm. that's why I, I haven't like you said, we haven't heard anything, but Taylor Swift's releasing a new album, I'm getting it. Yeah, especially with those alternate yeah. covers because it's so hard to get those like on the secondaries as well. And I really like I said, that's why I was like all in like I've been lean, I don't I don't know if I've been doing it intentionally, but like a lot of records I've had are green. And so like that jade color looks kind of cool. And I like that artwork best as well. That's usually that's how I went with um I went with like a different color vinyl and like which artwork I like the best for um, folklore. So Right. My favorite artwork is still just the the original artwork. But yeah. I went with a blood moon because I really it looks almost like a blood orange, but they're calling it mm-hmm. blood moon. I don't really have much of that. And I really like it. So I went with it. 
the jade looks really good and I like its artwork, but I have a good bit of jade already. Yeah, I get, I get, or that. close to that. So that's why I was like, this blood moon is something I don't really have that color. And then I also just think it looks really cool. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for her for, for that release. Um, and just to see what she does, you know, I'm, I am excited to hear something for the first time. I'm guessing oh, yeah. she's going to put out something before the actual release. I would, she might I, not. She may not. I mean, granted, that'd be a month and a half, which would be kind of surprising. Um, I would expect at least, I don't think like two, maybe two songs. I think definitely one I would, I would expect it before the album drops. Um, I mean, granted, I guess for folklore, she just announced it and kind of just like, dropped it like a week later or something i, I don't think there are any singles i, I think it's just like an album drop now, i don't expect that especially with it being like she announced the date already in october um but i could see at least one or two singles coming out between now and then i don't expect it being like an every week thing but maybe like every other week yeah we'll just have to see what happens but i'm excited to hear it yeah oh i'm looking 100%. forward to it and i mean a decade ago I was not saying that about Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's like, like I said, I I know I've mentioned this, like how it used to be like basically shit on her. And, and I really didn't give her a chance. Like when 1989 was out and then like being in LA and hearing all these songs, like at random places, I'm like, okay, what is, this is a great pop song. What is it? And then I Shazam it, use my iPhone and oh Taylor Swift. And it happened like three or four times in a row. And I was like, okay, I need to give this album a listen. And that's kind of like when I really started to catch on and, and really like, okay, yeah, I need to put like any bias or or anything you would have um, aside and just really give this person a chance. So, yeah, really, right. really looking forward to it. And uh, if you don't mind me jumping on the back of this or piggybacking on the on the vinyl that we're talking about, um, I would like to. Go I ahead. didn't tell you about it because I don't want to save it for the podcast. But I knocked out a grill this past week or so. Um. I mentioned it maybe even on the grill episode that I really wanted the um, I'm in the vinyl club for the national. Well, it's not a vinyl club. It's like the fan club, but you get a vinyl every year, part of the fan club. And I joined in year three, but I had purchased year two already. And I joined in year three because by the time I bought year two at like a hundred dollars, I was like, eh, I should just pay 50 bucks. And if I don't like the record, I could sell it and basically get my um, fee back to be in the club. So, uh, and honestly, what's the chances of you not liking the national record? Yeah, let's be honest, like that's probably slim to none. Um, me, yes, yeah. you, this is a band you know you like. Oh, yeah, I, I, oh, yes. And so, um, yeah, I was able to get the first pressing, which has you know, has been out for let's see, it's 2022. This was year four, so I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, year four would have been this year. So this would have been from like 2019, um, year prior to the pandemic. So earlier this year, I tried to get it in a, for about like I think 140 or 150. What That's is it? Pretty good. It's the first. It's the first uh, pressing uh, or the first volume of... of the club records. It was a live record, right? So I was okay. So it's not like one of their studio releases. No specific. Yeah. just to the club. I gotcha. have most of the studio releases. There's still two that I want to get. I don't really care if I have the first record. Um, it's the self-titled record. I just don't love it that much. Like it's okay, but like I don't have to have it on vinyl. Um, 
I do like the EP Cherry Tree, and I like the um, uh, Sad Songs for Dirty Lovers. I like I do like that album enough to buy it on vinyl. Not necessarily like a really cool pressing. I could probably just get standard black, and that would be fine. But other than that, I own everything else. Everything from Alligator on, I own. Um, and and I'm talking like when I say everything from Alligator on, I'm talking like all the like the live records Everything. they've done they yeah like i even like the one they did like a book release i i just have the vinyl from it and i'm fine with just having that because i got for like 50 bucks um i have the uh trying to think of other they did like a boxer live in brussels for records today mm-hmm. one year so i have pretty much everything going on that's a full length record i don't care about seven inches that much for them but mainly as long as i get the full records so i was able to get a good price um i offered on it and the the person on discogs the record store because it was a brick and mortar store was like hey we you actually had the best offer of everyone but we kind of we just posted we kind of want to give it a few days and really it was only like 15 bucks off the price uh, and i was like you know what f it i'm gonna do it because i know it won't get this cheap ever again because i've just been paying attention for so long to the record it just doesn't go that low so i just pulled the trigger and i thought hey 15 bucks is 15 bucks uh i'm just gonna go ahead this time and get it and so it arrived. I haven't listened to it yet. That'll be tomorrow morning, but it's here. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of earlier stuff. So it's a lot of songs from uh, the Cherry Tree EP and earlier. Uh, they're all live in different places. I think they're all European recordings, like from one of the European tours, but I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Um, yeah, I'm super, super stoked. And I also got a... Um, preview which i listened to yesterday and uh it's the cherry tree volume four which has yet to be released to the holders yet i think it'll be soon but um they gave the digital download version out to people so i listened to it yesterday while i mowed and it sounds good it's a it's it's like a i think it's either boxer and earlier or something like that that recordings from just one show in germany I believe or Denmark. Oh wow! And it sounds good. Like I actually, impre- I'm glad I got the download so I can at least listen to it right now. So yeah, so now you have an idea of what you're yeah. getting. That's really cool. That's a cool. That's a cool way to do the club. Yeah, I wish it's not just you get a studio album earlier or a certain variant that others, which that's neat too. Yeah, but this is like exclusives to just the club. And what's nice is they don't just do the record like you get like um, exclusive like merch, which like you have access on a store that has like a passcode. And so you sometimes will have exclusive vinyl pressings. You can buy um, posters to, for like from every show. Cause they do, they're one of the bands that do a different poster for every show. Like they have an artist do different ones, like different artists for different tours and everything. So that's why I'm looking at that poster when I go to Pittsburgh, just to see what it looks like. Um, see what else they they do other stuff with it as well it's not like you just get the record per year they usually do one or two they i don't know like two or three items with it like um the one year you got a beanie and so i bought the beanie by itself and you got um like a wristband like one of those like sweat wristbands so they do different things so it's not like you're just getting the record they put a little extra into it like last year they gave out a koozie that uh the record was a live in austin recording and so the koozie had like a boot like a cowboy boot on it it had like the national on it i love that koozie so much that yeah i mean you'll see it because i'll bring it to furnace fest because 
you know, I like to have a koozie or two with me because most places, you know, don't have them already in the Airbnb. So uh, that was a cool little uh, different merch to have. And I think for the Keep Austin weird <laughs> and like the, 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 the first pressing, which like I said, none of the stuff came with it. It's just the record for the first pressing, but like they had a, um, you could make your own national shirt. Like had one of those screen print things. You could iron on a shirt if you wanted to. And um, I think the other thing with that was, uh, which I wish was with it is like a, um, you know, like the bags you can put records in. They're like a 12 by 12 ish kind of bag. Like totes. Yeah. It's a tote. It's a national tote, which I wish I did have the national tote to be honest, but you know, it's not there. But I'm happy. I'm happy. Hey, I'm happy to have that record, and it's a grill off the list that honestly I didn't know if I'd ever get because just the price going up and everything. And so while we're on the topic of grails, um, I'd like to give a shout out to my friend Scott. Uh, we each like Cartel um, a lot, and especially one of our favorite records we like from Cartel is called Cycles. Um, he tagged me in a post as I was coming home from the grocery store on friday that cartel is going to have a tour merch drop and it said if you like vinyl pay attention to our feed in 10 minutes and i was like oh shit because they if you're not aware um cycles had never been pressed on vinyl but they did 150 for their current tour with uh dashboard confessional and andrew mcmahon and the wilderness and you could they had 15 available per night they're on 10 dates so 150 records and uh, if you went to the show, you could obviously get a chance to get it. And it's on like a moon variant. So it looks like a clear and, and like a black smoke or something. Um, but it's been like pretty pricey. Like there's only been two copies, I think, that popped up on this COGS. And it's obviously they're going to do other pressings of it as well. But like it'd be cool to get this in a way. And so I was like, okay, I got to pay attention to this. And it was perfect timing because I got home and everything. I could just keep refreshing like the Instagram feed it went up and I bought like instantly. I think there are only like seven copies. So I was like one of seven people to get it. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe I'm off. Maybe it was nice. like 22 copies, but still, even if it's 22 copies to be fortunate enough to get one of the 22 is pretty awesome. So um, Scott wasn't able to get it. I was like, dude, it's live. And he's like, wait, what? I was like, you sent me the link. How did you not know that they were going to release it in 10 minutes? Like, why weren't you on this checking it? And so I thought they would only let me buy one copy anyway. It's not like I could have bought two and shipped two here and get, you know, he paid me for one. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting that record. So another grail off the list, uh, well, not a grail, I guess, but like a record I really wanted and I got it like at a regular retail price. Um, so it can't beat that. I paid like 30 bucks for it. And the other grail, which I, um, has been on my record list, my want list for a long time, that's never been pressed and someone posts about in the um, the vinyl group that I'm in on Facebook the other night, and it's it's happening this week. Um, I don't the know if I want to give group, a You're in like five. Yeah, vinyl. I'm in like at least three, but it's in one of the vinyl groups, and I don't want to get like I'm not getting too specific when it's going to drop because I want it, and I'm going to be selfish and I don't give a shit because it's a record that I've been wanting for years. I love the newfound glory record coming home, which I know is probably not a lot of people's favorite record from them. I think probably Catalyst or um, maybe even the uh, self-title or something like that might be more of like people's speed. Um, but I, or Sticks and Stones. A lot of people love Sticks and Stones. But I personally yeah. love Coming Home. I think it's the best of Glory record. And it's finally getting pressed this week and it's going to be released 
this week. That's all I'm going to say. If you want to find it, you got to do your own research. But it is getting pressed this week, and I am beyond excited. I am going. I I I told you jokingly that I would kill someone for this record. Not really, but yeah, it's it's definitely something I would love to have on. It's been on my want list for years, like ten years at least. It's ever been pressed, so very excited to get this and i would love to have the first pressing of it i don't really have i have no idea what variant's going to be or anything so and i really don't care if i get one copy of it kind of like when they repressed uh in reverie by saves the day i just wanted a copy of it and you know if it's a cool variant awesome but at the end of the day if i get it on vinyl i'll be happy so is this their more not, not nasally vocal think. it's their it's the vocal yeah. where jordan doesn't actually sound nasally and I just I was gonna say love not this folky, but is this their less like pop punk album that they did? It's not less pop punk. It's just if you listen to any of the other releases, he does not sound nasally on this record. It would be the best best way to describe it. Like he actually sounds more seen. Gotcha. And for me, I I just some of my favorite songs are on here. Like probably almost all my favorite Newfound Glory songs. Like at least two or three of them are on this record. And I've been waiting for this for a long time. So super excited to, to try to get this pre-order going sweet yeah they're they're a band obviously when i was getting they were blowing up in the like 90s and also they yeah. i knew i listened to them but i never fell in love with them like to the level like someone like you have uh, so and i don't even love them that it's funny because their biggest record um i would say probably i'm gonna say catalyst because i know a lot of people know um all downhill from here um, and I feel like there's another one. Does that, is that the, isn't that the album with the My Friends Over You? No, that's Sticks and Stones. That one's a really big okay. one too. Yeah, those are the big. two big ones. I think movie no movies was off Sticks and Stones. I think as well. Maybe I don't know, but a lot of people like Cattles. That's like a lot of people's favorite record. Um, and that one's never been pressed. That's why I was thinking maybe for Furnace Fest they may do that one. And so so far no pressing for it. Um, that one, I wouldn't really care if I owned, I would probably buy it just if like it was available at the festival or something, um, uh, for Scott. Cause I know he likes that record a lot. Like that's his dream record that has never been pressed from Newfound Glory. Catalyst. Catalyst. Yeah, that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, this is wild because like I've been very, um, cautious as far as spending my money on vinyl lately. Yeah same um but with me getting cartel and like this national record like there have been things like oh my god like i just couldn't pass these like even if it means and i know it means honestly like when i go um i really uh, we've talked i think maybe at least if not not on the podcast like in in a chat like i don't really plan on buying much merch really for bands like maybe blindside um more than likely it's gonna be like some of the furnace fest vinyl potentially um and even that thankfully has not been uh, the case and i don't expect it to be the case with unoriginal and and maybe i'm thinking like at most four from the furnace fest ones so i'm thinking that i might skate through this uh without spending too much money and i like to would like to get at least a record or two from um uh c6 yeah yeah uh so we'll see but I, I and of course I'm seeing the national like heading into that week as well. So like maybe maybe a shirt there. 
Uh, I don't really expect any vinyl or something, but mainly maybe a shirt or some kind of like accessory or something. I don't know. But uh, keeping options open, uh, it looks so far looks good. Like I, I don't really have a lot on the merch list that I want. And uh, so far I'm escaping most of like the, the stuff that could cost me. Like I've made it through five days right. uh, of the Furnace Fest vinyl releases. And like I said, I don't expect any of the unoriginal ones to want. Um, I still feel like there's one or two that may get me like how we were talking um, on the second fantasy football draft tonight about like Pedro the lion and how they're doing. Oh no. I think it was our chat where we were talking about him doing control. I could see control being a furnace fest exclusive and I'd probably want that because I don't own it on vinyl and I've wanted it on vinyl. I own it on vinyl. Yeah. Kind of like how taking back Sunday last year, I, it was like, especially if I'm going to go and they're going to do that record, I'm going to buy it because I've already been wanting it. So kind of like one of those deals. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Um, so I also right now don't have a ton of, that they've announced will be exclusives to Furnace Fest. It's not been a ton of them that I'm going for. Like I would have for the Stretch Armstrong, but it's the one that they released pre-orders for a few like a two months ago anyway so i've already pre-ordered it so i don't need to get the furnace fest exclusive of it i've i'm already going to get it when it's available uh the rituals of life album so yeah right now i don't have a ton either just going to see what happens with those there are some cassettes that uh fin club records are doing for furnace fest that i that i do have my eye on so we'll see what happens with those but I don't have a ton of stuff and I'm also going to be really careful not spend too much, you know, cause after just the cost of the trip itself, I'm not going to have a ton of money for merch, but I am excited that it has been confirmed. The shy Halud hat that they had exclusively at furnace fest last year that sold out super fast. And I've regretted not getting since then. They're going to have it at the pre-show because they're not playing furnace fest but they are playing the pre-show thursday night and they are going to have that hat there and i am going to get it so right now for sure can like merch my merch list so far is one item and it's that hat and i'm gonna get it but other than that we'll see what happens i just i just i gotta be careful when it financially with that stuff so but i'm very excited the schedules have been announced uh, so we know who's playing when there there's even like a website online where you can plan it out and so i've done that and this year there's not too many overlaps for me for myself at least so i'm very excited about that but there are more bands i really want to see that start early and last year, I didn't catch any of the headliners. This year, I want to see two of the headliners. So Furnace Fest is going to be longer days for me this year. Plus, Friend Club Records are doing an after show Friday that I really want to go to. And the word on the street is it's not going to start until the headlining set of Thrice which they're doing Illusion of Safety in its entirety. Uh, but that show does not start until that set is over, is the word on the street. So I'm going to have more time to get there, so I won't miss as much, hopefully, 
but I want to do that as well. So how, how did you uh, hear about this word? Please go into details, please. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to. Well, I mean, <laughs> tell me more. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on the podcast yet. So, um, but I have got word. I will tell you off air. How's that? But I did get some word. Yeah. I just that's don't know right. if that's allowed to be out yet because the person I've heard it from part of the information they gave said, this has not been announced yet, but this is happening. So <laughs> I don't know if I can say it yet. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it's exciting. And it's been said in a chat group that you're in. So you should have seen it already. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to try to go to that, which means Friday is going to be an insanely late night. And then Saturday is my most packed day by far of bands I want to see that starts at like one o'clock. And then I want to see the headliner because it's Sunday Day Real Estate. So it's going to be long after very little sleep because of being up very late Friday night. And Friday is going to be a bit of an early start. I, I can't, um, I'll try and pull it up real quick because I have them saved the schedules now, but Friday is also going to be, um, a busy day for me as, as far as who I want to see. And also it's going to start um, pretty early for me. Wow. So that's uh, I think like the first band, the first band I want to see Friday is at one Capra plays at one. So I want to be there one Friday. So it's going to be long. Sunday is a much easier day for me that can end earlier as well. So that's my shortest day. And the and I mean, honestly, I could probably leave as early as like 8.30 on Sunday. Definitely by 10. I don't care. Mastodon is the headliner. They're a great metal band, but I'm not interested. I can leave. I don't have to see them. So that's my easiest day by far is Sunday. But I definitely, uh, Saturday... I might even want to be there by 12. I definitely want to be, I definitely want to be at the stage for life in your way at one. And then, like I said, Friday Capra goes on at one. So for me, I'm, and I think you probably, if you've uh, been listening, like I'm really only planning to go Saturday and I'm in similar um, mode as you, like I want to be there, like, especially with me going just the one day, uh, I, it's kind of nice because then I don't have to worry about like, oh man, I got to plan for standing three days in a row <laughs> and like holding up for three days. I just really got to make it for one day and that's much easier. So I do want to see Life in Your Way. They're they're my first band listed. And then like right after that, Idle Threat plays and I'm really wanting to ch- kind of check them out. They're very good live. I'm going to miss them because I have seen them and also because the showdown are back together, which they're not a band anymore. They reunited for this and they're playing right after life yeah. in your way at the same stage. So I'm staying put. That makes sense. They then, are such a good live band. 
I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I just never have been, I know them. I've heard them. I've just never been like, oh man, the showdown. So that's why I'm like, okay with like, and especially me liking Idol Threat more anyway. Like, I'm totally fine going to, to miss their show and, and seeing Idol Threat instead. And then I have a nice little break there for like a solid hour. So if I want to grab some food, if I just want to like restroom break, drink break, whatever I want to do. Um, I have a little break there for, then until Misery Signals plays. I really do want to see Misery Signals. Yes, you do. Um, especially if they play a lot of the new record. Oh, and then, um, then of course, more break. And this is like the time I'm just like hanging out, meeting up with people, whatever I want to do. And I close out the night with Maylene and Blindside. So that's those are like the of, of the schedule, how it works. I see five of the seven bands I wanted to see on Saturday. I'll leave right. the other two, Pedro the Lion and um, Manchester Orchestra, play at the same time as Blindside. So it's like, yeah, that sucks. You got to go see because, um, Even though I, like Manchester's probably, if I was going to say even overall festival, they're probably top three for me of bands I want to see or four. Like Newfound Glory is pretty high, but I'm not going to see them because I'm not going Friday. But uh, Manchester is still a band. Blindside is not really active and they're from sweden so they never come to the u.s regularly so yeah and they're playing silence so it's like i have three things my favors i have to see blindside they're my number one hands down and then uh maylene is literally right right before them that's going to be like just great and that'll end my saturday like i really don't care who's the headliner on saturday sunny day real estate I mean, maybe if, if like, say, like, people are rolling out early, I may do that. Maybe I stay. Um, I probably listen, need to listen to Sunday Day more because uh, I know of them. I've heard songs from them. But I'm not, like, I'm not, de- like, a wealth of knowledge with their music. So I'm really, like, fine leaving at that point. Um, but I'll check them out and, and see if, you know, anything catches my ear for sure. And maybe... They are a band that you can say very influential in the exactly. They are part of the reason. They are part of the reason this scene exists. Yeah, I mean, I know that, and I, I mean, I definitely credit that to them. It's just like a band I've never really dove into much. So it'd be like one of those situations where last year people leave early. I might be like, "Sick, that sounds fun," (laughs) or like, "Hey, we're gonna go to emo night." Okay, cool. I, I mean, just right. on the, and not nothing against them. It's just like, I'll listen, I'll listen to, like I said, I've heard songs from them. I know for a fact I've heard songs from them, but it's like, if something else is going on or something, me not being fully in love with them, uh, I would maybe be uh, tempted or something to do something different. <laughs> so for sure. but yeah, definitely appreciate for them sure. for what they've done. Cause they are like, when you talk about like real emo music, Pioneers, for sure. Right, definitely. Uh, I'm also very excited that day for Elliot. That's a band a lot of people haven't gotten to see, but they have heard, and they and so they're excited because f- they didn't think they would ever be able to see them. Uh, for me, I saw them once. I did not know who they were until I saw them, and I saw them on tour as one of the opening acts for Further Seems Forever, the How to Start a Fire tour. So it was a long time ago, and they blew me away when I saw them live. And so the fact that they are back together for this and I can see them again, to me, is incredible. So. They're playing that one album, aren't they? Like an, an album? Yes, False Cathedrals. So I listened to that and I wasn't like super impressed by it. 
it's not it's not a fabulous recording. Yeah, I mean, I I but they are a band I could see you getting into. The I know because you mentioned them previously on the show. You think I would like at least be interested in them, like wouldn't hate them or anything. And so I was like, I, I should probably give them a listen. So I listened to that record specifically because they're going to be playing it entire in its entirety at Furnace Fest. And it's a record that I was like, okay, it's it's okay. Like it's not like oh man, this record or anything. Um, and I get it. Like like that Maylene is that for me at this this festival? Like, do I love Maylene? No, but like Maylene may not play too many more shows if they play more shows. So Dallas, it's incredible that yeah. he is just alive. The yeah, that let he, alone playing actual music. Exactly. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So yeah, I mean everybody's gonna be crying during Maylene's set. And the complete opposite of last year, where I saw like very few bands in um, the plug your hole stage, which was the the shed stage where there's just metal and it's just re- the sound reverberates off of it. It's something awful. And uh, a lot of hardcore. It's probably even more hardcore metalcore, but yes, you're right. Yeah. It, it will be insane. That's where I'm going to be most of the year uh, or most of the day um, outside of the, I think the idle threat show is the only one that I'm not seeing. And I think it's on the main stage for idle threat. They're on the wheelhouse stage. And I believe that's the main stage. That is the main yeah. stage. Yes. Just going by who was on each, like what bands were on which stages, that's got, kind of pointed me in that direction. And I was like, okay. So, um, but again, hey, if I can go pay like 70 bucks and go see like Blindside play one of my, I don't want to say favorite albums, but it's probably somewhere in the top 100 albums for me, somewhere in that range. Uh, very influential as me as a youth. Um, if I can hear, hear that in full by a band that, doesn't tour very much they saw like maybe two times ever um i know some once but i'm thinking i might have saw them once another time at the festival was so on like maybe two times um and maylene which i've only seen part of their set at a warp tour one year um i'm looking forward to both of those and it's worth it like even just seeing those two alone if i see no one else but if you can add like a couple people into it like you know life in your way who isn't a band anymore and misery signals and idle threat which are you know bands i've not seen it's worth it. That's that's pretty good. For sure. Definitely. Uh, I mean, we'll be talking about Ferns Fest a lot more coming up. So we could uh, we can hold yeah. the rest of that till then because I could go on about that. Just not. Yeah. And plus, uh, if you're a listener, um, since it is after midnight now, uh, two weeks from now is the national for me. And uh, I know that that week we'll be doing some like midweek podcasts because, you know. We hope so. We said we were going to do that last year and we did not. I definitely think it's going to happen Wednesday for sure because it's me and, you, me and you hanging out. Like, so I definitely right. expect it. And I think maybe we can get another one in. I think it just depends how tired we're going to be, especially with like so many more events going on this year around the Furnace Fest, not just the actual festival. It seems like there's killing it too much. And I get it. There's just there's a, a lot. bunch of choices. But it's like with so much going on, there's like the pre-shows. There's like, what, two or three pre-shows. Um, there's Emo Night. There is the uh, Frank Club Records. Like I definitely, I would rather, even though I loved Emo Night last year, definitely Frank Club Records is like, I have to go to that just to yep. hang out and, and just chill with everyone. Um, and you get to see what Tashiwa. Yeah, and Hey Thanks, which I do like Hey Thanks a lot. They're one of the bands when I listened to that playlist that really stood out for me. Um, and Painted Lights. 
Yes. I, I need, They're I good. Would have to listen to them again, just to, to make certain. Um, but I did order from their uh, Bandcamp Friday uh, this week. I finally got Wet Tropics and Least, and I bought a uh, Frank Howard Records t-shirt as well. So, Ooh, yeah. I'm going to get a t-shirt from them at some point because I just like the design in general. Yeah, I hit them up on uh, on IG uh, since we're like already in, they're kind of familiar with us and whatnot. And I was like, hey, can I add a, one of those sick maroon shirts? And he's like, I'm going to have some black in by then too. And I was like, Nah, I like the maroon because it's just different. I like different shirts and colors because a lot of people wear black or or I have like, you know, easy to get a lot of black t-shirts, but I don't have a lot of like burgundy slash maroon colored shirts. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to get that and rock it. I'll probably wear it to sometime that weekend. Nice. Yeah. So, but anyways, we can probably back off of Furnace Fest now. Do you have any releases yeah. from this week? I, uh, the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head is um, there is a new Arctic Monkey song because they're releasing a new album, I think, next month as well. Um, I have to, I've been listening to it the one time because uh, just a busy week Friday and or just this week, but it came out on Friday. So busy day Friday. And of course, just kind of doing some things this weekend. But uh, yeah. That's all I have is just the one Arctic Monkey song that came out. I don't have a ton either. I mean, a, a lot of it is just because I was so focused on football with college starting that I haven't listened to a lot. Yeah. But there's a group that's actually in the running to be voted to play Furnace Fest. I don't think it's going to be them because they 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 at at a moment at one moment they, it's not. I can tell you because okay. I saw the winner. <laughs> oh, you saw the winner. Yeah. yeah. So at one point it looked like it was going to be the, the the Callus Dow Boys. It's a weird name. Uh, they had a chance to win. They were the ranking was kind of high, and I was really hoping it was going to be them. They released Celebrity Therapist. So they're like a metal. You okay there? You all right? You're okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, forgot to hit mute before I was trying to take off my shirt. <laughs> Wow. And then I was like, wait a minute. I got myself in a pickle here. I didn't take out my Air- AirPods. And so, yeah, my bad. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, it's an eight song. I guess they're calling it a full length, but it's eight songs. Uh, yeah, it's an yeah, album. And it's, but it's the Callous Dow Boys Celebrity Therapist. It's out. It's really good. They're very chaotic. I guess you would say it's metalcore would be the best way I get maybe to describe it. But I like them a lot. Uh, my buddy Cameron, who I've mentioned on this podcast before mentioned this band a few weeks back to myself and our buddy Caleb. And so as soon as I saw it, I was like, Ooh, I want to listen to this. And I really, really like it. And honestly, even though they didn't win the main guy behind furnace fest is named Chad Johnson. He did post that they, he thought they now he didn't know them before this, but when he started looking at who people were voting for, he was like, ooh, I really like this band. So he would have, uh, if he had, if it was just him choosing who it would be, he would have chosen them. They're really, really good. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really stoked. I want to eventually, I want to try to get it on vinyl. I haven't looked because like I said, I'm trying to be careful with that right now. But so I haven't looked at it or anything, but I really like Celebrity Therapist. They're, they're just a band I really like. They have some other, um, 
stuff. Let's see. They have albums before that that I just didn't know about them. So I'm going to go back into their catalog as well now. But I I really, really like Celebrity Therapist, this new release. So I've been jamming it some this weekend when aside from watching football. That's really it, though. Because like I said, there was some other stuff I wanted to check out. I just haven't had a chance. Well, uh, I think we kind of accomplished what I was thinking, where this would be one of our longest episodes, and I think nearly three hours. I think it achieves that. It's definitely yeah. got to be one of our longest. Um, thankfully, I had eight and a half hours of sleep and an entire pot of coffee today to carry me to 3 a.m., because usually I don't stay up this late until it's furnace fest. <laughs> nope. Thankfully, I don't have work tomorrow. I never work on Mondays. Yeah. So. I, I'm off tomorrow because, of course, Labor Day, or I would not be up this late. Um, right. And, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to so just, like, a really excited about, like, the next couple of weeks because um, next Sunday – oh, okay. We have football starting, a great game on Thursday. Looking forward to that. Next Sunday, got the Steelers game. Yes. Um, of course, like I said – uh i know we've talked about uh zeo is playing here local show in morgantown on sunday next week so maybe we record maybe we don't um i'm leaning towards going to that show because it's like 12 bucks and i've never seen zeo and i think it'd be kind of cool i didn't realize it was on a sunday i would have told you no don't go we have to record (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm still, I still haven't decided if someone purchased the ticket, I'm going to make a decision no later than Saturday because you know, I don't want to have to try to like go day of or anything, but uh, yeah, st- I think you, I think you should go. I mean, if worst case we could do our, cause um, what's the Monday night football game. Uh, that would be the first weekend game. Uh, it's Denver and uh, Seattle. <laughs> That's this month. That's this coming yeah, Monday. That, that's the first Monday night game because I just have McManus in it. That's the reason I know. Right. So, and that's this coming Monday. Well, not like tomorrow, but like next week. Yes, that's a week yes, from that's, today. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, not yeah. yes. So, I mean, maybe we could do like we've done in the past and record while because that's not a game. That's a game I'm going to pay attention to, but I don't. I don't really have uh, much in stake in either of those. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe we could record if you go to the show we could record monday yeah yeah because i mean it would be fine if if that you know if we did that and then um then of course after that uh we actually won't have an episode the following sunday i'm just gonna go ahead and say that uh unless we record like say like a friday or a saturday um later and the reason why is because that well maybe we probably won't record either one of those days and i i say that because um on Friday or Saturday, it's one of my friend's birthdays. So that's like the packing weekend for me since I'm basically flying out Thursday to Pittsburgh to go to the show at the National. And um, then Alabama the next day. So uh, Monday will be out for recording because I'll be at the National. Uh, Sunday, right. I'm going to be packing and then trying to get some sleep. So I don't want to stay up super late. So I'm going to probably say no recording since we'll be like probably recording that week. I'm not ruling it out entirely. Um, and then Saturday or Sunday, uh, it's one of my friend's birthday. So we're going to go finally hit up Starport. I've not been to the new Starport yet. So that'll be cool. And 
Yeah, so that's kind of like the uh, season two, how it's going to start, I guess. Right, yeah. This is the first episode of season two of Top Plays Podcast. Yeah. Nearly three hours. We kicked you off in glorious fashion with uh, a great fantasy draft review and just some grails getting pressed, for me at least. Uh, yeah, I thought a very in-depth episode. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, yes. I'm going to go to bed soon, get a little rest for my uh, end of my three-day weekend tomorrow. <laughs> Same. All right. All, All right. right. Lights out. Podcast. Top Place Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Deuces. Bye.